going on down there? Are we ready to rock? I said. I'm not informed. I was not informed there would be rocking. Are we ready to roll? Uh, I thought I did a lot of rolling earlier. Are we ready to exist? Barely. I, I'm, I'm in Florida, so like, do I anyway? Hell yeah, we are! Welcome to WTF at TFW! Back in action, baby! We're coming out of our shells! Uh, the musical! It's a musical episode, it's not. That would be a really, actually horrible... That would be a really... Not horrible? That would just be a lousy, kind of rude thing to drop on Aaron and TJ. Uh, Aaron, how are you yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> I would very rapidly become... Man, we got a late start, because my bad. I just... Well... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing okay. We're supposed to have somebody come out to take a look at the tree that's grown a big old limb over top of the new house, and then it was like thunderstorms all day, and he said, maybe we'll be out tomorrow. Oh, so. it wants to hug your house. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, TJ, how's it going over yonder? Uh, pretty good. Um, you know, I had a fun day at the shop. I uh, had a day where it wasn't storming. That's always nice. Woo! I've been having storms over here, but I've been enjoying it because every time we have storms right now, it washes all the acrid smoke out of the air, and the air quality becomes yes. breathable for a few days. I, I have I have been loving the storms that have been coming through <laughs> these last few days. Now the uh, uh, what was it the the first of the bad days? It was like I was standing right next to somebody at a barbecue pit smoker. It was a slightly woodsy, slightly tangy smoke. The second day, it was electronics. And, like, shingles mm-hmm. burnings taste, and uh, that wasn't good. That was the day that Alfie had to call in sick, because she was like, yeah, yesterday I barely survived. Yeah, and my, then we got rain, and then we got more rain, and then we got more rain. My, so. my city was very briefly the worst air quality on the planet. Very briefly. Yeah. Uh, which was, you know, that was a funny thing. To, I actually had just, I could only laugh, because if I, if I actually really thought about it too much, I'd, I'd get a little freaked out. Uh, I got my little story, um, which is very much biased by my perception of taking a walk, but on one of the bad air quality days, I had to go for groceries, and so I put on my mask, because when I, the last time I, I, I chanced it with this current round of air quality, my throat was actually damaged for like a week. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I don't, I, I don't you know, goof off around it anymore. If there's bad air quality, I'm going to put one of my masks on. I'm equipped. I got a pile of filters I can stick into my nice mask with the metal nose thing, so I'm all equipped. So I go for a walk. Not only was there no one wearing a mask, which is whatever, but for the first time, in fact, since early 2020, I mean, I maybe have been lucky about this, I got some mask aggro out on the street, and when the context is literally the air quality is damaging to your biology... I actually lost my patience a little bit after the fact. I kind of sat there thinking about it, and I thought probably one of the, the most unpleasant, most rude thoughts I've ever thought, where the guy who kind of like gave me the really funny look, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I hope that man breathes deep today. I hope that man yeah. breathes deep and hard and heavy. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like looking around, and I'm like, y'all, don't try to badass your way through this. <laughs> 
It's literally smoke. <laughs> uh, that is that is like okay, w- whatever. We we had the pandemic thing that m- made protecting yourself and potentially others a very political thing. Like when I went out driving, there was one point in time where it was like half mile visibility because it was so smoky. If there's particles in the air, there are particles in your lungs. And oh, because it's all from forest fires and whatnot, it's all like particulate carbon and that stuff is going to live there forever. Yeah, I yeah, I, no, I, yeah. I I was just I got really I got I called my mom and I got really aggro on the phone <laughs> going like why are these idiots giving me <laughs> the, the 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 aggro side eye when I don't even care what happens to them I'm actually very specifically this time protecting myself and not those around me <laughs> cuz I don't want my throat to stop working again. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest. Uh also, last night, uh, we, we within an hour of our air quality warning going away because of a thunderstorm happening, I also heard people setting off fireworks outside, which, because Canada Day, which is very... Also, again, set off my sort of think think some horrible thoughts things of, like, I hope as you light those matches, you breathe real deep. <laughs> I was like, nah, it's, that's, a little bit too, that's a little bit too mean. I don't know what's going on out there. But anyway, people who say that I'm too kind, you just heard it! I got mean. Anyway, we're going to talk about Transformers, which I can only be kind about. Uh, and we're going to start off with, uh, with a listener question from Otto Tot, uh, who says, Hi guys, thanks for the fun and thought-provoking content. Listening to you makes my car journeys to work enjoyable. I wish Hasbro would do a G1 Season 2.5, covering the events between Season 2 of the cartoon and the movie. If this dream were to come true, who would you have write and animate the series? What plot points would you include? What new characters would you introduce only to be killed in the attack on Autobot City. Uh, well, most definitely, I'd want the series to end with a very detailed <laughs> series of vignettes of every character introduced horrifically dying. Because <laughs> that's how I thought the Clone Wars cartoon was going to end. So, I, I, you know, I was I was robbed of that by something that was probably actually better. So, uh, <laughs> give me my, my unsatisfying character death montage, I guess. But, um... I've, I've said it before. I personally would just want—I want Powerhouse Animation Studios to do Transformers somewhere, somehow. This could be it. Um, DJ, what, what 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 makes your brain light up when someone says G One Season Two Point Five? John, the the hard part is that we know exactly what comes after that. So, like in my head, if you're doing Two Point Five, you need to explain why we're mostly back to the, ca- the Season One cast in the movie. So maybe maybe this is not like a matter of like introducing a bunch of characters to get killed off. Maybe this is an opportunity to kill off everyone who vanished in season three. Maybe maybe <laughs> maybe like two point five is the culling. Uh, I like how like we have it exists. The Clone Wars cartoon exists to demonstrate that you don't actually have to do this, but. Because they didn't do it, like, all our brains are immediately going to, like, okay, how can we shore up more death on the, on the cast? I'm not actually... <laughs> See, the being... way my brain was going with it was the movie still had what would be for today futuristic cars, right? Like, everybody yeah. that came in new except for, like, Ultra Magnus was, like, concept cars. So you make season 2.5, like, 
2020 era vehicles. So you have the 80s era vehicles, and then you have new vehicles that are like the 2020s, even though the movie was 2005, and that's now not the future. Um, My math brain was already having trouble with this. This hurts. (laughs) Anyways, now you make it like a sliding timescale thing. It's really 20 (laughs) years in the future, because that's how the eugenics wars work star wars strange or uh star trek strange new worlds spoilers um but uh you, you, sliding time scale so you have modern cars as some of the things and and maybe you have like hot rod he gets the future uh you know his future alt mode this way or something and he like shows up as a seventies have... car, and then he he's like, "I thought I, no, I no, thought I was sh- cool." He, he, he sh- <laughs> no, I'm saying you have him show up as a modern, as, as a twenty twenties vehicle, and then like mm. at the end of the the season, ends up getting something new. That way, you're not what? having to just kill them all wholesale, but you're introducing the characters rather than oh, there's just this whole city worth of. Autobots that just shows up and now we have to care about them. You know, you can have them introduce in there yeah. in different modes then become the new modes that are then to roll into the movie. The 86 movie. Well, what if... Because um, I think this would actually be really fun also as a creative exercise if this was made. What if this, this series just takes place over the course of the 90s in the G1 timeline... And it turns out in G1, the 90s were, like, hyper-futuristic compared to the actual 90s. Uh, and that over the course of the yeah. 90s, cars just ended up looking like that. Like, it'd be really funny to, like, do an alternate version of the 90s where, like, everything sharply became futuristic within, like, three years. Uh, everyone starts wearing jumpsuits and whatnot and have hoverboards. Um and have like this alternate retro future nineties that culminates in the ultimate future of the, the faraway year of 2005, but it's mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, also my, my actual writer instinct would be to fully subvert the idea of this fitting into Canon is that you just make a bunch of the plot. Like, uh, you, you do anything but figure out how this fits in. And then you either, you either just have the stakes be, this is an alternate timeline or, uh, all of the really cool beloved characters and whatnot, you know, they, they all happen to just leave. And then they come back. Like like in Rebels, right? In Star mm-hmm. Wars Rebels. Everyone just happened to step away for the course of the films and then step back in in time for everyone to have to become live action for some reason. Uh. <laughs> now, I'm mostly being facetious with the, the culling thing. Like, I, I do think there's room I'm to like, tell a story. <laughs> I think there's room to tell a story with the characters and why they weren't there for the movie, but you've, I would love like a, like an in-between where we get to see things like Ironhide and Cup on some like old war heroes story. You know, mm. I'd like, you know, you know I, I'd like to see like, you know, Blur race it out with like the normal like 84 Autobot cars, you know, like, like, like character mixes we didn't get because it was just like such a sudden, these characters don't exist anymore. Now here's the new cast. Yeah, I I think it would also be cool to to use Alpha Trion to once again like I, I just like the idea of like using timeline stuff just to to you know play with this kind of setting. But like, give a couple of the shuttle Autobots like maybe through Alpha Trion 
a bunch of the shuttle Autobots get clued into the fact that they're unlikely to survive past a certain time period. And, like, I don't know, try to try to add some sense of noble, like, kind of semi-retcon that scene to have a sense of noble sacrifice as opposed to, like, you know, the kind of comical character slaughter that it is. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that could be kind of cool. Just saying, make, make it a, a time travel season at the end of it. That explains it all. And then you can yeah. just do either wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey it, or, like, uh, what's it in, in, in Looper? I don't want to talk about time travel, because if I do, we'll be here all... Blank and Dave making diagrams out of forks and straws or something like that. I forget the quote, but it's it's one of those things. It's like, yes, it's a time travel movie. No, we're not talking about how time travel works. Shut up. Deal with it. Uh, yeah. And it's just in my mind. I'm like, you know, on the shuttle alone. Like, what if Braun getting up like that was him trying to circumvent things immediately? Like, maybe if they take me first, the others will have a chance. And then, like, you know, Prowl and Ratchet are like, we got to go through with our duty, even if it means that we, like, we know we're dead, but we know we have to do this. And what if, like, what if Ironhide grabbing Megatron's leg is, like, that actually prevented, like, a wholesale other, you know, list of dead names because he held Megatron and made Megatron, like, uh, you know, pontificate for another, like, five seconds. Uh, I think it'd be kind of cool to add that kind of notion to it. It would also just make the scene narratively, like, you know, be actually tear jerking as opposed to just like a literally right now a a meme joke because there's a two pack of dead characters coming out with blast effect ports on their chests, right? Uh, yeah. So I, I think that could be kind of cool. Um, Who animates if, it? A powerhouse. Uh, if, if I had my druthers, yeah. absolutely powerhouse. Um, I thought I you said s- a powerhouse, not powerhouse. Oh, no, lit- literal you know, powerhouse animation. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I I want to see them do Transformers. I don't maybe they wouldn't know Man, how, but I want to see them do Transformers. Other than hearing the nonsense that's going on with Sony Animation, um like for Spider-Verse for the second movie, like mm-hmm. before hearing that I'd be like Spider-Verse because if nothing else just hearing their the craziness about how they mess with like the timings on things, um, how things are animated, and the levels upon levels of stuff. Like, you get three or four Transformers nerds in there, it'd look gorgeous. Oh, and absolutely, and I, I think that that, that productive, uh, that collective would be great, especially with, you know, a director who knows how animation works, right? Like, you, the problem is on the upper level with that process, so you pull those that creative collective... Mm-hmm. And you put them into a better environment with better leadership, and it could also just be amazing. Uh, Grant, yeah, you'd, you'd want to have people on the team who are into Transformers. I think people being into Spider-Man is part of what makes that team work so well. Um, mm-hmm. Like, people who are super hyped to be there. Uh, but th- that's the most important thing to me. Like that to, to the point where I don't know who I'd want to write it. I don't have a name for a writer myself, because I, yeah. I don't really... Like, a lot of folks could write those set of... Tolkien. Yeah, I want J.R. Tolkien specifically. <laughs> we got time travel in our story. Use it to bring Tolkien <laughs> back. Yeah. This guy thinks time travel's real if we have it in the story. This guy's worse than Fulward. <laughs> at least at least this guy knows or, what story was. Or, or Pratchett. Bring, Terry Pratchett. Bring him back. He needs to write <laughs> some more Discworld books. I'm sad that I've oh, read I... all of them like five times. I almost said something really disgusting about algorithmic generation, but I'm not going to. <laughs> it's like, feed all of Discworld into a word generator and then tell it to write Transformers. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, those the, yeah, I don't really know specifically who I'd want on writing. Like, it would be cool to have you know Nick Roche writing would be fun because Nick Roche I think gets how to do something that's contained and and heartstring tugging. Um, but you know that that's that's like a go to name, right? Um, do. Do any of us actually want to introduce new characters? Because even though I'm not against it, like, all of these ideas we've had, I feel it's more interesting just to, like, use what's there and and grow sideways, you know, like, like you know, the yeah, cup, I mean, cup and Ironhide type of thing. Maybe one or two new characters, potentially. Rubble. But Rubble. not... Yeah. yeah, but there there is just so much there that's untapped between season two and season three. You know, even if we need, you know, like even outside of Transformers, if we need human characters, you know, you could set up the the entire uh, EDC as a story arc. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, have some more Marissa Fairborn in there. Um, maybe her rise through the EDC. I think Rubble would be fun to put in because for a very narrow niche of the fandom, they would be like, oh. Oh, Rubble, you put in there to kill at the end. But then, like, the subversion would be Rubble survives. Rubble survives the battle on Autobot City. That would be the ultimate subversion. Because uh, Rubble is a walking death flag. If, if Rubble ever is to appear again in Transformers. Uh, but yeah, um, and uh, this actually was more swiftly fruitful than I was expecting. Any other ideas you guys got about this kind of thing? I think we've really filled a tunnel here through the letter O, perhaps, of the word Transformers. Uh, Alright. Hope that answers your question, Autotot. Let's do some Transformers acquisition inquisitions. Uh, we have a, a several shared things and several standalone things, which is exciting to me. Uh, I like to start with the standalone things myself. Um... So, TJ, I want to ask you specifically about Evolution Beachcomber, because I have been seeing some interesting reports about Evolution Beachcomber on social media so far. And I'm wondering what your take is. I'm curious what you've been seeing, because I, I can't see my social media. So I don't know why. I, I got that rate limit thing twice, but then it went away immediately, and I've never seen it again. So <laughs> I don't know what I did. I guess... Did I reverse self-DDoS Twitter and, like, fix it on my end? Um, but, uh, TJ, do you, do you want to know the people's Beachcomber thoughts first, or should you, you want to drop your own unfettered? Um, no, 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 no. I, I, I think I can keep mine safely fettered. Okay, okay. Well, the people, the, and that being, I think, maybe two people. <laughs> I forgot who. Uh, everyone I've seen who got Beachcomber so far has said, this is a really neat Scout class toy. And it feels like I'm paying ten to fifteen dollars for rubber tires. Uh, is generally the reaction I've seen is that people don't mm. dislike the toy; people dislike that it's a deluxe, basically. I'm not sure if I'm completely echoed in that, because I guess mm. like I, I I think I am like already a- accepting that we get small scale deluxes from time to time, especially on the minibots. You know, in the same vein that you know, like you know, like. You 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 can have like like a super like a super thin female or a super small female or character like in a Marvel Legends series next to like like a bishop or a cable, you know where like I'm paying twenty five bucks for both of them even though one is clearly half the plastic of the other. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So we're in, we're in that period thanks to the deluxe mini bot. What I would say about Beachcomber is like my more my more frustration comes from the fact that he is very simple. Like he is oh. a, a very simple transformer. That is part of it too. I should I, should, I guess I got attacked on. It's not literally his size. Like when I say people were like this feels very scout class. It was also like you know someone was breaking it down to almost saying like this guy almost has three steps of transformation. And that it feels like I have bought a Scout class toy that's a bit bigger and has rubber tires. Uh, so there's a few. Well, there's a there's a few things to keep in mind here. One, there's really nothing else you can do with Beachcomber. Because <laughs> for, for number because <laughs> for number one, he's a season two bot that were always closer to how the toys looked than season one. So he's already he's already pretty much like going to be dead simple, you know akin to the original toy and design Two, he, he is a lot more solid than the other deluxes that I picked up this year. Like even in that list that I showed you there, like there's toys there that I'm sure someone would be glad to pay 25 bucks for that is not nearly as solid feeling or even as dense feeling as Beachcomber is, you know, Beachcomber is one of those where okay. you can do like a full 360 of the figure and you're hard pressed to see any of the, the hollowed gaps that we're used to now. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think the rubber tires are to help the price point out in the same way that you know Cliff Jumper came with a gigantic bazooka. Like yeah. <laughs> it's definitely there to class up the price. Uh, but I wouldn't say he's a scout. I'd say he's I say he's just taken some of his complexity and uh, size that you would get from a typical deluxe today, and he's just like condensed himself. That makes sense to me. I, I also keep forgetting he has a parrot, which is you know a whole extra thing. Yes, uh, yes, he has a parrot, and it's it's very funny. soft plastic, so like you're not just gonna like bang the parrot you know off off of its feet. <laughs> Well, that, that's that that actually, like I said, that translates to my brain pretty clearly. Like, uh, yeah, it, we we are in a sort of realm of a shared wave budget, uh, not like an individual figure budget per se. And yeah, if if he is very shored up and and solid, uh, and and like you said, like not very uh, gap um, visible from any specific angle, that sounds like okay. Since he's so small, they are making the best use of that money. I haven't seen him in person, I should also add. Uh, so <laughs> Although I wouldn't be able to see him from behind anyway, because of the way they package deluxes, so what do I know? Uh, but, uh, so, uh, I guess it sounds like he's... It sounds like you're actually pretty much digging him, uh, other than the simplicity. Yeah, but, you know, as I said, what what else would I really expect? Like, there's yeah. really not a whole lot of engineering you can do with the design, uh, just go for, <laughs> go for go for modern masterpiece and make it so the back of the car is actually where his feet come from and his head comes out the front. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I mean, he's simple, but I also feel like there's something to be said for not overcomplicating something that doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Hmm. Yeah, I I, I can see that. I'm tempted by him. Uh... Because he looks like he's got he's got a pleasant in hand kind of meatiness, but uh, hopefully I can see one in person. 
because uh, I, I don't think I pre-ordered those guys. Oh yeah, they were from the Phantom Wave that almost didn't come out in Canada or whatever. Uh, was there anything else stand out about Beachcomber? I guess the, my other question is like, do the tires actually feel nice or do they feel kind of funny? Because I wasn't sure about mainline rubber. I, I actually forgot that he was going to have rubber tires. <laughs> so like, I felt that in the first place. I'm like, oh, oh, is he have like a sticky plastic to him? Does he have that? Oh no, 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 no. That's rubber. That's that's supposed to be that way. Um, it feels fine. You know, like I don't think okay. it's a case like Hasbro forgot to produce, forgot how to produce rubber for tires. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, it's just they're just normal rubber tires. Like they don't, they feel fine. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the longevity of them, just because because I'm always thinking about the funny plasticizer leaking from the siege effect parts. Uh, mm. And so I'm, I'm always like when when rubber tires are ostensibly going to you know forever be in contact, right? Uh, I'm curious how yeah, that goes. Yeah, I think part of the thing with the Siege rubbers, the the blast effect part, so is that it's also, uh, like, translucent. Well, I should I should say, because of the long conversation I had with some people about that stuff, like, the, the classic plasticizer leak damage case is uh, the fully opaque, like, Kinikuman and, and Transformers decoys. So the... There is there is precedent for non-translucent plastic to do funny stuff, but also that's '80s non-translucent plastic, so you know mm-hmm. it's an older mix. Um, all right, uh, let's 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 bop along from Beachcomber. I want to hot potato this around a little bit, Aaron. Uh, I see that you got the Primal Voyager. I'm guessing that's the. Uh, let me check my notes here. The core slash mainline with the green box. I'm guessing. Yes. Because everything's complicated. <laughs> I think so. Is he the one with the cool chest? He is the one with the cool chest. I like that toy. That that took me a little bit, like, it... Just about everything on him's kind of been, like, a couple of rounds, because I was not at all expecting much of what he does after having... Even with the, you know, some of the... Um, like studio series toys. He he's got, you know, and again, especially for price point wise comparisons, like his legs are far more complicated than they should be. His, you know, his his <laughs> chest is is a, a whole thing. It, like it's one of those things it's it's I don't want to say it's like a, an abusive relationship or something, but you know, frequently we've gotten to the point where, oh, well, I don't expect it to do thing X because, you know, Hasbro's not done thing X in a while. You know, it's, you know, the the yeah. way that his 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 feet splay open. I'm trying to do it the chest now, and I can't quite get the angle on it that it wants to. There we go. Um, but yeah, it's I I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with him. And ha- just how you know the the little flippy bit just works, so yeah. It's I I wish that they had better nomenclature or flagging or something something for all of this, just because it's it's frustrating the 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 different variations of stuff that just aren't explained well. 
and you know, I saw today we were out and I saw Rhinox and I just about picked up Rhinox and I realized that that wasn't the 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 Voyager Rhinox to be looking for. It was the Smash Changer Rhinox. And, oh yeah, <laughs> but, but it's one of those things. That, like it was like, look, it's Transformers: Rise of the Beast Rhinox Smash Changers, and it's it, and it was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, hold on. No, 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 that's not the one I want. And you know, dropped it back in the cart. Yeah, the- because I was excited to see something I hadn't before, <laughs> and then I realized it's not the thing that I wanted to get. Yeah, the Smash Changers and the Flex Changers. I'm not going to say that uh, they are that they are um, misleading packaging because technically they're not. However, they very much look like Voyagers and Deluxes. It's hard to explain yeah. if you haven't seen them in person, but they they especially at a distance they look exactly like Voyagers and Deluxes. And every time I yes. see that stupid Flex Changer Nightbird, I think, "Oh, dip! They finally got the Deluxe Nightbird!" No. Nope, no. Th- there are funny isn't, rubber isn't bands. Isn't that only in the three-pack for the Deluxe so, Nightbird? Or are they actually doing a standalone? It sounds doing... Or is it a thing where there's like also a Studio Series 1 coming in? There's no there's no Studio Series coming out. I'm pretty sure there is an individual release at least yeah. slated. But it might only be out in like Japan right now. Okay. I just know that look like... Yeah. The reason, one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to TFCon is that there'll actually be like the opportunity to see new toys in package because my <laughs> Walmart got like an end ca- like the big end cap thing and the aisle box thing of Rise of the Beast was so it was all Wave One stuff and all the shovelware stuff and haven't done any other restocks. One of them still has like a pay a, a peg of retraxes, um, that they just refused to put on clearance. I forgot that, that a was bunch a thing. of I forgot that happened. <laughs> yeah, and 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 a bunch of coronation star screams for the leader slots, and then they've not really like I'll go occasionally and it's like oh okay well there's still the same garbage there, and then Target has restocked. Jazz twice, which, like, good on them. Um, and then the core class that I tried to get, and then they said, no, this is a, a bullseye exclusive. These aren't supposed to be on shelves, and then took them away from me at the register. And so since then, I've just been like, I don't know. I just need to go to Hasbro Pulse or whatever and pre everything. And then just but I saw new toys. It. This was a new toy. Yeah, <laughs> but then yeah. So then I see this Rhinox, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, new toy, woo! And then it, w- I mean, it was a new toy, but it was a Smash Changer, and Smash Smash Changers for as expensive as they are, and just being the Smash Changer thing. Like that's the thing. I I want to see somebody else that's got it and be like, oh, this is neat. Yeah. Well, I'm done. I'm hoping someone is carrying one around at TFCon so I can just like say, "Hey, can I just smash that briefly and then give it back yeah. to you?" And in like, a good way. What you weirdo! It's like no, the the, the toy. I just want to go like, smash. I don't want to. Oh, oh, you thought? Oh, I no, I didn't. I did not say. I mean, well, I did say that, but I did not mean that. Like that. Well, maybe no. Depends who. Depends who. Uh, I, yeah, I, I as far as I understand it, um, especially outside of North America, I think in Austra- I think in Australia or somewhere else, the single pack deluxes are out, uh, and the three packs are the weirder one. 
at least that's how it was supposed to work, but everything is kind of backwards with the core line. Um, and there is no announced Studio Series Nightbird or any Studio Series Nightbird I think that we're aware of, because I just saw that conversation happen on another Discord channel. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Rise of the Beast, complex thing to follow. Um, even more complex if you're trying to find the Weaponizer RC, who looks a lot like the Beast Buddy RC. That's my new little quest I've been on, because I saw Weaponizer Pablo uh, Wheeljack at a local Walmart, and I think he's the same wave. So it's, it's been a thing. But, uh, alright, so that's, uh, Aaron, you're, that, that's, uh, Core Primal. Um, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's... He's good, maybe not full price. Good. Like, he he does the the cool trick with his chest. Yeah. And his, his feet. I wish his arms did something, uh, for the price point. Me too. Nothing, nothing that I'm upset about. Because, ultimately, gorilla arms and robot arms are pretty similar. I mean, the original one didn't yeah. do anything. His shoulders popped up, but... I feel like it could do something the, to slim or 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 thicken. I wish the hands were different between the two modes. I think that could have been a, a neat trick. Yeah, maybe not, not for any major gains, just as a neat thing. I think it would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I there will also be more Optimus Primal talk uh, in this segment. I can guarantee. But uh, I'm going to swing in uh, quickly to talk about a little hot potato, who's literally a little hot potato, Gamer Edition Bumblebee, uh, who I am oddly endeared to. Now, this is a weird toy. If I were to capsule review Gamer Bumblebee, it would be, this is a weird toy, and you probably won't like him, but you might. And that's, like, the best way to describe him, because he is weird. He, I think he's better than the old Deluxe. Um, however... Uh, the nature of his two modes means his transformation, while better, is still weird. And you have to do some very weird things that are hard to describe outside of trying to say, like, imagine if you were trying to rotate two portions of an eggshell to better match the curvature of the eggshell. And that's his shoulder pads, when you turn him into a vehicle, are v- weird. You have It feels like you're supposed to force a bunch of stuff past a bunch of stuff, except you don't. It just, you, it certainly feels like it. It's very easy to, like, yank pieces off of him while you're transforming him, because there are things that look like double hinges. They're actually not really double hinges, but they're built like them, such that the part that's not supposed to hinge will just pop off all the time. Uh, it, however... If you can get over all of that, if you can get over the part where he has no abs, he's just a chest on top of a groin, for instance. Another weird thing about him. He's kind of fun, uh, and his vehicle mode is really, it literally feels like a mouse, uh, like a laser mouse if you put your hand on top of it. I kind of like him, but uh, if someone were to go like, I hate this toy, I'd probably, you know, actually, in fact, that just recently happened. Uh... I'd be like, no, nah, that's valid. It's <laughs> a weird, funny little guy, uh, this toy. Um, so, I, you know, and, and if I wanted to be cruel, I would try to start some hoax about how the Cliff Jumper version actually uh, fixes all of your problems with him in ways I can't describe, even though it's, it's an identical toy. Um, but uh, yeah, if you can mess with someone else's, <laughs> I would definitely recommend that first. It sounds like that's the story with Barricade as well, um, at least to my ears, like in that he's. I think we talked about him even on on here, but he's he's like, it's not like bad. He's just weird. <laughs> uh, 
Also, Bumblebee's, like, accessories are also odd. Apparently both guns are inaccurate, <laughs> and the sword is also inaccurate as far as anything he used in the game. Uh which I'm very proud there are people who actually can identify that stuff. Apparently one of his guns is from a trailer that he never actually had in the game. Um, but they all have storage on them, which is kind of cool, and in the vehicle mode, one of them can even store under the vehicle mode, out of sight, which feels like an oddly rare thing nowadays, and so I like that gun the most. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, if, if, if you can mess with one, or if you can watch some video footage of one, like, he does some cool things. I really like the way that his forearms come together and break apart in robot mode. I think there's some really cool geometry tricks. Uh, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted at how some of his clearances work, even though they physically look like and feel like they aren't. Um, and it, it's it's in a way that's less impressive and more kind of teeth gritting, where you're like, I don't like that I have to do it this way. <laughs> I'm happy it works, but I don't like that I'm doing this. Uh... And that's, yeah, that's Gamer Bumblebee. Still my only Gamer Edition figure. I still have not found Optimus Prime. He's on Amazon Canada, but I want him with the discount. So <laughs> I'm adamant to get my 10% off. Uh, I may give up that ghost eventually, because I heard he's so good. But <laughs> uh, Yeah. Um, Gamer B is, is a funny little guy. That's the capsule. Um, I guess I'll swing back around... TJ, uh, of of your uh, next bunch, who would you call a funny a funny little person that you might want to talk about? Um, funny little person, uh, probably. Well, all, I think most of what I have from here on out is funny in their own ways. Uh, I'd say Devcon. <laughs> I was gonna say he's the one that sounded the most funny little guy to me in my head, but uh, he's the blur alike, right? Yeah, which okay. makes him even weirder because it's it. He's also blue, you know. He actually shares some design <laughs> elements with Blur. He has like a head thing. Uh, however, it's like it's it's weird. Like I know it shares skeleton with that toy. I know it's borrowing its engineering. It really doesn't feel like Blur. Ooh. That's actually interesting to me. That <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's weird. It's it, it's like getting a feeling of deja vu, even though like you know you haven't messed with something before. Because like, there's steps of this that are familiar, but it doesn't feel like I'm playing with the same toy, even though they look similar. It's 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 hard to explain. But like this, this thing is pulling like some kind of Mandela effect on me. <laughs> like, that's the best I have. Like, like, that's that's, I, that's the only assumption I have going right now. That's I, it's yeah. it's it's not a bad toy at all. <clears throat> you know, um, it does one of those like modern things that a lot of Transformers are doing, which is just like the arms are just kind of stuck to the side. But at the very least, yeah. he still has like the the he still has like the hand flip for blur, so <laughs> you can put thrusters out, so it helps a little bit. And it definitely helps that his vehicle mode is basically just like a thing. You know, he just kind of transform. He, he just kind of transforms into what essentially looks like a like a a space bob sled with rockets. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean the the nature of DevCon, you know, it, it plays nicely with um, you know just funny space shapes. That's that's why I was kind of into them when they revealed them because uh, the the blur connection. Uh, the blur connection was the main thing that I was kind of worried about, just as far as like, especially the arms. But um, mm-hmm. if he if he feels different, that's like I said, that's already way more interesting to me than he seemed uh, at first blush. Um, just looking at some side by sides from Mark Mars Instagram again. Yeah, it's yeah, it's super weird. Um, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, oh, you good, good. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a figure that's retooled from Blur. It feels more akin to, like, this transformation, like, like this, like, direction for a transformation made sense. So we're we're just kind of, like, using it again. You know, which, which would be the case of just yeah. about a lot of jets, a lot of cars, just a lot of similar stuff over there. So, like, the same as, like, just, like, elements of, like, the transformations that are so, that come keep coming back like like opening up the shins to fold the legs in it kind of feels like that yeah i was just looking at, at uh, his his little booster pod things and it looks like you know his uh, his evo fusion gimmick even kind of like puts him apart from blur right like just a bunch of five mil friendly gun like things uh oh, oh the the addition to evo fusion completely changes this figure for him <laughs> It's a good thing that's in this line. Yeah. Yeah, this would be a waste of a toy otherwise. Uh, yeah, with, without that, shush, blur too, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does get, like, a nice, meaty, like, uh, blaster gun that you can start pegging things onto, so, like, that that's that's fun. Yeah. Well, um, Mark Marr has a funny photo I forgot about where he's got the hands transformed into alt mode position with the red boosters stuck on the forearms. So it's just like gun, 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 basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that kinda... the, the Law and Order opening? Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of <laughs> cool that we finally got another Transformers collaboration going on in such a subtle way. Uh, <laughs> um. That's yeah, this is actually like I haven't really heard anything about DevCon yet, so th- this is all kind of nice to hear because I was uh, generally I was hoping this wave would turn out well because I liked the three figures in it at a glance. So yeah. DevCon was the one I was the yeah. most worried about. The only the only thing that is concerning t- to me is that I wish his midsection transformed in some way because like hmm. if if you hold if you hold this if you look down at the top of this vehicle mode you know with, with you know, nose cone up, thrusters down. The center of it is just oh that oh that's his torso. Yeah. There's his shoulders. <laughs> there's his there's his belly. There's his arms. Yeah, and then you hear a muffled. Any voice other from angle, you're fine. The, <laughs> you hear a muffled voice from inside the nose cone, just going like, "Stop looking at me like this." Shh. I'm in disguise. Stop! Stop being like this, and I wouldn't be staring. <laughs> Wow! Wow! It sounds like a you problem. Yeah, maybe hey, hey Devcon. Maybe he didn't just he didn't have such a distinctive and somewhat attractive uh, uh, set of abs. We wouldn't be staring. Maybe fix that. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe cover that up. Vertical. How dare you have these like vertical ab slots? How do you even do that? <laughs> Why do you grow a second set of them over top of your face when you're a vehicle? You weirdo. Uh, 
All right, that, that seems like that makes DevCon, uh, like I said, that I'm kind of hyped to find him now. Um, well, let's, uh, I'm, I'm going to pop over to Aaron, because Aaron, you've got something that I actually have, but I have not opened yet, because I bought toys while I was busy, and I only recently got unbusy, so I actually have a stack of toys I haven't opened yet, so they're not in my list. And one of them is that other Voyager you got, who I've heard so much about. Yeah, Optimus Prime, that same, like, the the wave mate to uh, that Optimus Primal. Yeah. Um, he is a very competent Optimus Prime Voyager. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've just heard a lot of good things about him. I think maybe just because, once again, the core Voyagers are, like, on, they're on a level. Like, they're on a mainline level from, you know, by all accounts. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, yeah, I like um, <laughs> whoever worked on both of these really appreciates making sure the legs work right. Um, <laughs> you know, Primal's legs did their thing. Prime's like his shins rotate in, roll in, um, so that the bottom of his feet become like the trailer hitch part, and then yeah. the way that the like the trailer ring folds out from underneath one foot to help peg them together and then also give that a central location is is pretty nice um beyond that he's got a little bit of funkiness with uh the way that his cab transforms it's the kind of turn it flip it turn it flip it type of type of deal but um nothing bad Hmm. just just that style of how you get all of the crunch put away yeah. But, yeah. Well, the the thing that's attractive to me also about both him and Primal, I guess that one more so, is it, you know, especially in light of the Studio Series one being, um, you know, not a not a just a reshell really. Like the Studio Series one barely shares parts, if I recall correctly. But it's not calling back to you know an immediate toy you can think of the way that even in the the core line, right, the the Primal calls back to Kingdom Optimus Primal somewhat. Um, mm-hmm. I have heard the Rhinox calls back to Kingdom Rhinox. I don't actually know because I got Kingdom Rhinox in the last year, so <laughs> and I haven't oh. messed with I haven't messed with uh, Core Rhinox yet. So I'm uh, I'm not sure how accurate that is. But like that Optimus Prime yeah. at a glance to me looked like oh that's just doing some fresh things uh, yeah. for that design. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm sitting here like doing a little bits of transformation steps uh, that I do like is where he had you know it's a uh, 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 a flat-nosed semi-truck. You know, the, the classic G1 Optimus Prime. But then when he's a robot, how the windows come out to be, like, pecs. And it's not like a half-stage thing. It's his head coming around the platform that his neck is on, that the neck peg and everything sits on, is what gives that structure. So you can't make him be flat-pecked with his head up. Just because of the alignment of things, and it's a real, oh, a cool. real difference. I feel like compared to some other Optimus Primes that have had this, that sort of layout, where it's just yeah. been like, and then you kind of tent these out a little bit because they'll sit like that. Oh, I hate, um, yeah, I hate that because ha- half the time when they do the like, you know, the yeah, tent them as the final step. It's like okay, and then every time I grab them by the torso, they flatten back in, and I know they're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's he's got plenty of of little pegs 
uh, as I'm sitting here doing the transformation again, but none of them really feel like the very bad you have to have all of these pegs perfectly pegged in the specific order or else it all falls apart type of little pegs. They're all just like, mm. and then this one guides this into, into place, and then that one guides that one into place. So it's like his, the the underside of his elbows peg into the front of his thighs in order to like make the cab sit still. Yeah. That sort of thing. I want to know more about the team who worked on the core line because it, it sounds like that's that LA team or collective or whatever they are. Uh, obviously engineering is still coming. At least I think so from the Takara Tomy side, but the, the end result on a lot of those toys just seems so like, it's not like, oh, is this even Transformers? But it's, like, slightly fresh, or at least it's calling back to ideas we don't see as often. Like, I'm looking at, you know, you know pictures of the Deluxe Air Razor, um, who, in bird mode, in many ways, looks more interesting than the Studio Series bird mode, who is just Kingdom Air Razor, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to know more about that team and what their process is, and, like, where they're coming at stuff from, because... You know, I'm greedy now. We we get so much from the uh, the Generation Studio Series team. I want to know more. Um, that's good to know. I'm I'm gonna hopefully get a bunch of my backlog cracked open and streamed in the coming week and a half. Because um, also I want them to be on on call for potentially a panel. Uh, so we'll see how we'll see how I feel about those things. Um, I got uh, a leader class. Uh, get that I can talk about because I finally got a hold of him. Studio Series Rise of the Beast Scourge, who I caught on Amazon Canada for 15% off. So that's actually a bigger savings than if I went to EB GameStop, so I felt like a winner. Um, and uh, I can I can also just say, like, I love the toy a lot. I really like that figure. Um, it has, you know, very easily citable problems, but the end, the end result and the core of what that toy is is so frigging cool. Uh, the robot mode is so unique the, as a design, even though it's based on sort of the pre-visualization or, you know, not final version that we saw in the film. It's a cool pre-visualization version whose differences are still very, very badass to me. Like the different head and different neck. I just like them. I wouldn't mind having an accurate head too, but I also like the, what this one has. Um, the only, like really my two biggest problems with them is inexplicably, his four smokestacks don't lock into position in either position. They just rely on the yeah. friction of their swivels, which do not have much friction. Uh, <clears throat> and I... When I streamed opening him, someone said that they could they thought they felt like, you know, hints of what were supposed to be detents or locking nubs. I sort of could see that, but I didn't know if that was just my brain filling in gaps. Like, it just doesn't feel very good. Uh, you got to get some thickener on those swivels. And also, <clears throat> I like what his arm blade does, but it does feel like when he's not holding it, when you kind of fold it up and leave it pointing out under his forearm, it feels a little superfluous because it does so much to transform and go into his palm that when it's not doing that, it feels like it's waiting to do that. It doesn't feel like it's stored. It feels like you haven't finished transforming him, if that makes sense. Uh... So that that part I, I wouldn't mind a wholesale replacement piece for, but otherwise, like the transformation is is weird in a fun way because when you get it, it works, and that's what I really like. Uh, the instructions are awful. 
uh, and and are really confusing um, as to what you're supposed to be doing at some points. Um, to the point where they could probably could threaten you damaging the toy if you try to follow them thinking how normal Transformers work. Um, like, you have to collapse the roof cab piece in on a double hinge, and it doesn't look like you're supposed to do it the way that it does, but when you see it and you do it, it makes sense. You have to, like, sandwich some things and thread some things through places, and the way the instructions tries to explain that makes it ten times harder. And I know it's sort of a... It's a rote thing to say that the instructions are bad, but these are really bad instructions, and it's disappointing still, so I'm going to keep harping about it. Um, slight tangent, our editor showed me the instructions for some current Power Rangers toys, and did you know that those instructions look like ours and are worse? Because that really blew my mind. Uh, you know how on our instructions, everything that's relevant at least is highlighted in a color? ostensibly oh no so oh, no that you're leading off with that is not a good thing <laughs> so on these power rangers toys there's a whole th- there's there was a step he showed me where it's like peg these two pieces in so the two pieces that you peg on are highlighted and there's two arrows pointing at nothing because nothing else is highlighted and it's just a sea of cad greeble and so i asked like is it just going on to two pegs and, oh, I gotta remember what he told me. Because that's where I thought, like, well, at least it's going on to pegs, right? And then, uh, I'm gonna scroll up. I have to finish this anecdote. Uh, yeah, no. No, it's not pegs. It's not five mil pegs. It's, like, Lego brick connectors. And one is buried in such a random shape that there's, like, it's, it's funny trying to find the angles for them to even get in there. So, anyway, the, little aside, Power Rangers got it worse than us on the instructions, it turns out. Ah. Uh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Studio Series Scourge, I think both modes look good. Um, I kinda wish his big claw turned into the cannon and just didn't look as solid as the cannon, because that thing being a separate piece just feels like busy work I don't want to do. I just usually leave it off. You can store it on his butt. Kinda, it kinda works there. It has an oddly complicated unfolding transformation to turn into a nondescript panel that sits on the back of his truck mode which is also the only way to connect Freezer to him. So that, that whole that whole accessory just feels like a weird, overcomplicated vestige of engineering um, that I wish had just gone into the arm blade. But as a leader-class toy, like the, it's just a, two good modes and a really neat transformation, so I quite like him. And obviously, I'm very won over by his aesthetics, looking like just a massive Dark Souls character who's a Transformer. Like That's how you win me over. Um but uh, yeah, I, I am happy with him and looking forward to hopefully a plethora of upgrade kits because he's a movie toy. Um, I think I think there's already been a few revealed for like new heads and whatnot, but I want to see some cool stuff with the arm blade. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's my thoughts on on Scrooge. Uh, you can hear our thoughts on the movie he's in in the previous episode of this podcast. Uh, TJ, let's come back to you. I want to I want to know I want. You can do a two-for-one here, because I'm assuming... Maybe I'm wrong. I'm assuming Axel mm. Grease is is just Scrap Hook, for the most part, or whatever his name is. I still haven't found him. Uh, aside from... Aside from a few changes in optional parts, yes. Pretty much. Okay, so it's more than just a new head. There's, like... I, I, I did not keep up very well, because I don't have the original, so I couldn't tell what was new. Yeah, let me pull up a picture of Scrap Hook just so I can tell. 
actually looks like there might be a decent amount of uh, of differences here. I'm yeah, at, so at photos versus like it's the same layout, but it's yeah, it's it's largely the same layout, but you're looking at like you're looking at a different engine, you're looking at uh, a different front end. Oh, you're looking you're, well, yeah, the, different legs. The, the shin front end, the shin legs, the feet hood are different. Yeah, uh, windows are different. Walking, walking around at the windows are different. Like it's all different. It's just mm-hmm. it's a completely different skin. Anything that's an exterior panel looks like it's different. That's... Oh wow! Oh no, the the exhaust tube things are the same. The the exhaust tubes and the hook are carried over to this version. Trash. Why'd you even buy it? You know what? The hook is Look. what threw me off. Because, like I said, I have somehow never seen Scrap Hook still. So when I saw the hook was still there, I was just like, oh, I guess aside from the head, it's mostly the same toy. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like the, the side of the, like the side of the doors, um, the rear, like the, the shoulders that become the, like the rear of the vehicle, uh, the, like, um... Yeah, I think the arms too. Uh, yeah, like all that's the same. Uh, but yeah, like there's there is a lot there's a lot that's been changed to it. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and there's something really clever about taking that same form because the 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 actual like cab like the like the the top half of the vehicle, it still comes to the same height as the as the pickup truck, but it's angled differently. To, to actually give it more of a flow of a car and then instead of the wrecker like hook in the back like instead instead of the winch you've got these two uh two basically chunks of engine that have like small like uh back seat windows installed to create like that back huh. scoop of the rear of the car man that's way more impressive than I had. Uh, I'd kind of yeah. I didn't. I'm not gonna say I wrote off axle grease because I like the concept and I like the colors. But yeah, holy moly, that's <laughs> that's that's actually quite impressive. Um, that that makes me really want to see a crash bar retool now. I'm worried we might not hit one by the time this is all over. Uh, like if they're going for yeah, it but that yeah, hard. look what they did. Look what they did with fossilizers. True. Yeah, like just yeah. literally True. throw more studio out. series releases than mainline releases. <laughs> Very true. Um, well, does, does Axle Grease feel any different? Because I know... I feel like... I have recollections of people saying Scrap... Is his name Scrap Hook, by the way? Am I getting that part wrong, too? Yes, I, yeah, you got that right. You got that okay. right. Because I feel like I remember hearing Scrap Hook had the usual Iser Wave 1 thing, where some of the pegs didn't quite feel as nice as, like, you know, on Crash Bar. Um, I, I've got... I've got him here I'm like all the the joint areas feel fine like they've they feel loose enough to come apart but it's not like shaking him things are falling apart okay um then I'll reorient it to does axle grease feel just as good So honestly, not well. I well, I can't make a comparison because it's been a while since I picked up Scrap Hook. Mm-hmm. I will say the pegs that hold together feel fine. It is still a trick to transform without the toy falling apart on its intended failure points. <laughs> um, 
there's the the aspect I still hate. I don't. I didn't like this in Scrapbook either. Is how the elbows are engineered because they have to be. It's it's weird yeah. to explain because they've got he's got a normal elbow at the forearm and then the piece above it. It feels like half of a hinge. I'm it, looking at a photo. I kind of see what you mean. It's it's a it's a really weird engineering choice. But it's real. It's like I can't remember on uh, I can't remember on scrap hook, but on axle grease, that's a really soft hinge that really likes to come apart. Hmm. Which which is a shame because you have to double over those elbows in order to get it into vehicle mode. <laughs> yeah, I you know. I hope I can have some in hand thoughts about that myself at some point because I really like Crash Bar. <laughs> Uh, but that's that's a that's a shame. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking at like the blow apart promo shot, and I'm seeing some close ups of the elbow. I'm wondering if it's just a geometry thing, and then the materials ended up not playing nice. Um, but if if, if that's at least, I guess you know, Aaron, you don't have scrapbook nearby, do you? <laughs> yes, I do. Does scrapbook have that that sort of thing going on with the upper? half hinge yeah thing? yeah it it it's so he has like he he's got uh you know it's i'm just i'm sitting here looking at the inside of it it's mushroom peg <laughs> to something that has like 90 degrees of hinge to a dog bone piece that has the other part of hinge that's just a peg and each of those only give about 90 degrees of bend, but then they, like, just because of the rest of the geometry of the arm, you really don't, it's not like you get, like, normally if you have, like, the, the dog bone and the wrist, you can do, like, 180-fold flat. And this, just because yeah. of the geometry of everything, can't. There's too many things that stick out from themselves, from other parts to really do that. So okay. he ends up with... Like, the arm goes straight, and then the arm goes to, like, if you kind of angle it, you can get maybe 20 to 30 degrees past 90. Okay. So it's not like it's bad. It's just not the... When you see the hardware that's there, you kind of feel like it should bend more than it can actually get bent. Than it can actually bend. Yeah, words. Well, uh, TJ, I gotta know: Does the Evo Fusion um, implementation that I see on the back of the packaging here does that does that function well? Where you, where you provide us, you can put a piece of a car onto the side of a thing. <laughs> uh, so, I'll be honest: like these were waiting for me when I got home from work today. <laughs> so I have not had any chance to to start making combinations at this point. Um, I will say right. the parts that the parts that uh, she comes with are fairly versatile like those back pieces that form like the rear the rear of the vehicle and then also like they also form like a set of like thrusters in the back just to kind of push the whole like twisted metal vibe a little bit more those pieces are also really well fit over the arm to either make an arm cannon or like a like an extended hook arm uh, you know akin to like uh akin to lockdown yeah, or 
they have a they fit really smoothly against the shoulders if you want the shoulders to have a different profile and look a lot taller. Yeah, in my in my Google image search clickery, I've seen um a handful of different shoulder uh setups which are kind of neat looking. Um because she easily she easily has my my favorite color palette uh of the of the wave and of, you know, almost it's a really good color palette. Uh, I hope that there's oh, yeah, at least yeah. one more figure out in that. Cause that this looks so cool. I um, mean, inversely, I'm also like all for her coming out in like beige and orange. So she, you know, so I can use these parts for normal junkie on combinations too. Yeah. I'm, I'm already set. Like I like crash bar so much, uh, who I doubled on that. I'm already set. Like whenever I finally, if I just end up going to Amazon, which I would like to avoid, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to double up on scrapbook when I can also after seeing, you know, Trashosaurus Rex or whatever on Mark Mars Instagram page. Yeah. Uh, that, that made me already feel great about having double crash bar. So I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll just do double. I'll do double scrapbook as well, uh, to set up for that. But, um, yeah, like other other color combo, like that other color scheme, I kind of like the idea of it being unique to Axel Grease, but also it would be neat if she had a partner piece in in you know if not a Crash Bar, even in in the Voyager version or something else, like something unpeggable, right? That's also that combo of purples and and uh, and very purpley blues, I guess I'll say. <laughs> um, Pur- purpley blues we usually go with indigo. Indigo, that that color combo of of deep magentas and sharp indigos, uh, well, and purple. It looks like magenta is on the axles, but purple is on the paint. I don't. Know. This is also a photograph. <laughs> Purple's funny uh, in the light spectrum, is what I'll say. Um, but yeah, I'm man. That wave seems like a killer because that wave also has the uh, the repack of tarantulas who I missed in in Legacy One. So I I wouldn't mind actually catching that full wave somehow. Cause it sounds like they're all like it sounds like you know at worst Beachcomber is small. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's let's pop over, Aaron. Um, you have got uh, someone that I was just talking about. You got Crash Bar as well. I'm wondering if he if he struck mm-hmm. you. As as hard as he did me, because I know he's kind of weird, so I could see him not. But I'm curious how you ended up feeling about him. Yeah, he's weird, and I like him. Um, I kind of want to get a second one, because first off, like Junkie on motorcycle, that's the thing. Um, his, I I dig his his asymmetry, um, with his legs. I just wish. That I feel like the stuff around his what's like his his uh, motorcycle seat leg needs a little bit like better definition. Like his heel need I I I don't know if it's the like the um, the fender part. That's where my brain's trying to go. Oh, with that the spikes makes on his it. heel. Yeah, I I yeah. wish that 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 there was maybe like another articulation point in there because when it's the like when his foot is as the like the seat, the fender doesn't follow the curve of the wheel. Yeah, and when it 
you know, and then the, when it's a heal, it's an okay, like, heal point. So it gives his, you know, his his foot has a broader overall footprint to help with balance, which is cool. But it just seems like it, especially since the front wheel follows the curve so well. Yeah. That part there feels like the letdown, but. Well, also, it's so. Beyond that, I. I it's so Sorry, easy. It's, it's so easy to like lose the heel function of it when you because because that hinge that the front of his foot is on feels so much like just the foot hinge. I find it's really easy to like just lose the heel aspect, mm-hmm. and that part just kind of sits off the yeah. floor. Uh, yeah. So like maybe that hinge should have been like the connection point versus the like common one that it seems like it sh- it has for the wheel to to come down. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know. I I do dig that uh, that wheel has the like throwing star aesthetic that like um, you know animated prowls wheel had. Uh, I played with that a little bit of having it like up on a shoulder to have him look more Rekgari. Um, yeah, have a big kind of spiked wheel. Um, that's because Rekgar's was always like studded wheels versus this is like a bladed wheel, but you know, just he's got plenty of good ways to, to customize them that. And then I did play just a little bit with a very pathetic. I only have half of the chariot look of the chariot, uh, style, um, going back to oh. crash bar. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, kind of like, oh, maybe if I see him like inexpensive somewhere, I remember, uh, and then he's just not shown up as you know in the wave rim of uh, the wave case remnants that I see. He's not there to to also snag. So I, I reposted my photo in our in our little chat. That's another reason you should mm-hmm. probably double crash bars. You can create the lover's motorcycle, uh, which is the, the ultimate <laughs> of Transformers modes. Um. Yeah, I, like Crash Bar. I think Crash Bar actually does the bladed wheel better than Animated Prowl, the Legacy one specifically. Um, yeah, yeah. It seems like it always moves like it's supposed to versus Animated Prowls. It always seems like it's like kicked out of gear. Yeah, and you have to like go to extent one way, go to extent the other way, and then do little nudges to find. Oh, there, 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 there. The teeth are lined up. I can do the thing. Yeah, I suppose. It always makes me feel like I'm chasing designer intent in a way that I find really annoying. Yeah. So I'm like, I know they meant for it to do this thing. And, and then it gets off key and I'm like, no, this is wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cra- Crash Bar is joyous. Um, also, because he's a motorcycle junkie on who's just, I think, good. And like that, that's mm-hmm. that's also just a, a hit, right? Like. The uh, the other the other two are you know we don't know the Voyager in hand yet but the other two are also cool but it's like you, as long as if you're doing a motorcycle who's also a junkie on this this has to work slapping the toy on my palm as I say it let's uh, mm-hmm. say uh, yeah I I wish you many uh, many good finding a second crash bars hopefully worst case you can you can I mean it's, it's a legacy Evo toy it's not going to be like cheap at TFCon but uh, ideally. Worst case, you can find some kind of hookup at TFCon. It'll be, it'll be visible at TFCon, and I'll be bringing my box of stuff up from my buddy. It was yeah the, that I'm still trying to get anybody to bite on. Although this will be probably come out after TFCon, so it won't be helpful. But 
Yeah, I was I was already trying to trying to play out in my head. I'm like, how is this gonna work? Although there is a chance, there is a chance, uh, from my understanding. But um, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully once you have two crash bars and I got two crash bars, we can just start uh, we can start doing the crash bar um, engineering uh, um, development uh, foundation, and we can uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> figure out some fun stuff. Although I don't know what's gonna what's gonna be bigger than the lover's motorcycle, but you know, I'm I'm ready to be flabbergasted uh I scroll back down all right well um if i if the hot potato now arrives to me i got one thing left and tj we can double feature this so should we do that or should Ooh. we hold off um your call i can i can double feature this um aaron you down to listen to 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 us say the word yolo park a whole lot all right Sure, I'll just I'll just go on mute so when I start being profane, uh, we're not giving the editor more work. You only live once, Aaron. Even when you go to the you only live once park. Um, TJ, you and I, I'm guessing you got all three, right? I did. Yeah, you and I got hooked up with uh, with the Yolo Park R- Rise of the Beasts Wave One trio, um, and uh, so I I have built. Weird way to put this, given what it means. I have built yeah. all three kits. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually have to refilm parts of the Bumblebee kit because I, uh, he went off camera, and I, I put the wrong bits on the backs of his uh, of his biceps. So I gotta I gotta refilm oh, no. some of that. Luckily, because he's not actually like a model kit model kit, it's literally unpegging parts and pegging them back on. Uh, but yeah, these are spuriously model kits. I call them figure kits because you don't do much. <laughs> I, I call them build a figures without the other figures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a good way to put it too. I, I would use the word kit only because like they are so pre-built that you can actually disassemble them more than they're disassembled in the package to get access to some of the most inner innermost details. If you do want to paint them up, uh, I got a comment or two on my primal video from some folks who said they have actually done the gun meddling on some of his inner greeble. And apparently it looks sick. So I'm very excited to do that on mine now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's Optimus prime, Optimus primal and bumblebee. Um, they are pretty nice. I think for 30 USD a piece, that's like Voyager price roughly. Uh, yeah. they, they feel good good as figures. Um, I guess the most direct comparison would be that's the same price point as Red and Hasbro 6-inch, right? Red, no, Red's like twenty four ninety nine. So, oh. so they're a little bit more than Red and then Voyagers are twenty or $34.99. Okay, up, up here, I, I have a memory of Red being at Voyager price point up here, but it, you know, it's a give or take five bucks. Uh, I think that you know if you were to call them um, action figures sold for that price point. I think they'd be pretty okay. Like I, I feel that they don't feel like action figures, but they feel better than model kits. Is the way I've felt about them. I don't know if that's been your experience. Um, I would kind of agree with that. They're not quite as solid as action figures, and yeah. I, I guess that does come from like they come from a model kit design standpoint. Yeah, like it's a model kit company that made them, but then I, I was astonished how many screws and pins are in the parts that I'm not assembling specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like they got that a little. They they aren't just 
pegged and ball socketed together throughout. Like they have some robustness to their construction, which I think helps the the in hand feel quite a bit. And I don't feel like any part is specifically fragile. I just keep popping one of Optimus Prime's ears off, which I should probably just glue in, but I want to wait and see if that's part of a face swap gimmick that doesn't exist yet. Because uh, there's... Like I mean, that... it's, it's... Yeah, I was going to say, stay tuned. They're they're fixing that. Yeah, they got an, they got an accessory pack coming out, um, primarily because Optimus Prime and Bumblebee come with a really weird nothing. It's not even that they come with nothing. Optimus Prime especially comes with a weird nothing. Because uh, he he has a hand to hold something specifically. <laughs> well, the weird the weird the weirdest part to me is that he has a gun on his package art. Does I didn't even notice that. Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Without going too into it, I have found that the entire Yolo Park experience has also been kind of like not bad, just weird. Uh, like going, even just like looking at their previous offerings, right? They went from a a triple digit price, super intense kit build model kit of Optimus Prime, retooled into a just as expensive and intense model kit build for Shockwave, both from the Bumblebee movie, and then they did this pivot to thirty dollar figure kits for the most part. And like it's it's very odd. It's very odd. It's not bad. It's a, <laughs> no, it, it, I mean it's not bad. Like I mean, like, I, I'm we're we're using like like reserved terms here. Like like genuine reactions. Like they're larger than Voyagers. Like they're larger than Red Figures for five more bucks. They've probably got double the the double the articulation of a Red Figure. Easily and on easily and like feel like for me feels better than a lot of red figures do and then there's there is a lot of sculpted detail there's a lot of paint already applied even if you don't want to paint these things up they still look really good out of the box Mm -hmm. you know like it's yeah like like for, for me that's probably never going to like put in the money for like for like even even one of uh three zero smaller figures like I, I feel like this is the best I'm ever gonna get if I just want a like heavily articulated version of these characters, and it's thirty bucks. Yeah the the articulation is absolutely above par for the price, um, and and in a way that is mostly built on assembled joints too. Like on Optimus Primal, the only kind of model kit e joint is the ball socket that his arms peg onto the torso with. Uh, those are not the key shoulder joint. Those are a supporting joint. Uh, it's the only part of the figure that I think might get loose, but I was told by Bionicle people who know better than me that that kind of specific ball socket connection is also very easy to tighten with something as simple as a piece of tissue paper uh, stuffed in, uh, So mm. if it ever does get loose. Um, and yeah, the, the articulation is, is like, it's, it is very on par. Like, uh everyone's got multiple axes of movement in their shoulders. Optimus Prime has a dedicated butterfly forward shoulder uh, hinge. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, two separate hinges, one for each axis in the mid-torso. Um, the only problems I've had with any of the articulation is just, in on occasion, there are just small limitations that happen um, that only take me aback because some of the other articulation is so unfettered. Uh, but, like... 
Optimus Primal, for instance, is probably the best example of this because he has two swords. The wrists uh, ball peg, uh, or ball socket connection, the wrists have, a, all the hands have a socket in them. They peg onto a ball wrist. Uh, because the hands are all made of a kind of grippy material, they peg on and then they have like a massive axis of motion uh, on that ball socket, which when you've got, say, you know, a giant banana sword, uh, it means that you can basically have Primal like either point the sword forward or hook his hand up to rest the sword on his shoulder uh, in a really you know nice casual way. Um, Primal, by the way, like, like I was going to say Prime and Bumblebee you probably don't have to paint them at all and get you know, 90% of the visual experience because they picked a good plastic color and they are they are kind of coloring in everything with pieces of colored plastic, kind of like a Kotobukiya kit from back in the day. So they just look good and Prime has this killer, killer silver paint on him uh, that sells really well visually. Um, Primal has good silver paint, but... Uh, his undergreeble parts are so visible, and that's almost the boon of this figure, um, because that's something that's hard to represent on a transforming piece, I think, the the way that it happens on Primal. And you have such good access to that stuff, dry-brushing some gunmetal onto the under-mechanics, and then dry-brushing a flat gray very lightly onto the, the furry gorilla pads, I think would sell his look, like, ten times harder. Because, uh, like, he is inherently kind of monotone, uh, just by virtue of the character design. So I was gonna. I would say like he is my favorite of the three kits because he's the most fully featured, but he's also the one that I would be the most eager to spend some hobby time on. Uh, I think Prime and Bumblebee both sell really, really well too as standalones. They just uh, Prime especially. It really hurts that they only come with spare hands. Like yeah. Bumblebee, Bumblebee, you kind of he kind of can get away with it if you think about him more as Bumblebee movie Bumblebee. But Prime having the gun holding hand, and I guess like having the gun appearing on the packaging is like so. It's such a buzzkill when you, <laughs> you open that yeah. thing up. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was gonna say Bumblebee has something though over the other two that also makes him singularly stand out because the other two kind of they have either very simple linkage articulation like that piston in Optimus Primal's knee, if I recall correctly. Um, mm-hmm. But they also have, like, you know, phantom linkage articulation, where, like, it looks like there's pistons and hydraulics. It's just a simple hinge or double hinge, but, this, you know, the sculpted detail can move with the hinge to go in and out of visibility. Bumblebee has literally linkage-articulated knees with multiple moving parts. That is... Yeah. That is on par with when you... When, like, now that we're using the word linkage articulation a bit more as a generic phrase... He literally has that as a $30 toy, and you don't have to assemble that part. That part is pre-assembled. And that is, that's killer apt here. Like, if Bumblebee came with a, a blade for his forearm, I would call him the best of the wave, easily. I could see one calling him the best of the wave still. Because uh, he, he goes for it so hard with those knees. Like, it's... Yeah, Bumblebee, Bumblebee has something else that I really liked is that and this is something that others have in smaller portions but Bumblebee also has extra hinges for some of the panel work on his thighs that you can hinge out to get more yes. uh, thigh movement if you need it yeah yeah I love that like I, yeah like again like it's a $30 figure that seems like it worked in literally as much articulation as you could at that budget I mean, it, yeah, 
and and some the others have that to like an extent. Like Prime's shoulders, like they have some flex to the actual armor that doesn't interfere with the like the position of the arm. So you actually mm. you, you can get so, yeah, so you can get that out of the way. You can move it if, if necessary. I love I love the extra effort because that's totally unnecessary. But the fact that they worked it in to just make it that much better is wonderful. Yeah, it's just it's just Bumblebee's knees are what I would call a coup. Like that is a a a licensed piece coup on the level of what Three Zero did when they debuted DLX and basically like, you know, I put it this way: they they took the fight to Metal Build with the DLX line. They took the fight to Flame Toys as far as going like we can deliver like the basic meat of that experience at a fraction of the price, and then that Bumblebee's knees are a coup like that, where they're like, hey, I heard you like linkage articulation, but you want to, you don't want to spend 90 bucks. Uh, well, for 30 bucks, here, you get linkage articulated knees, and it's like, holy crap. <laughs> like, that's amazing that, that, that it works, too. I moved those knees. I, I was trying to see if they could become, like, unseated from the, the multi-hinge assembly. They're rock-ass solid. Like, I could not get that me- mechanism to jam itself. Um, I was trying. <laughs> so I was really impressed by that. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the, the, the Yolo Park trio. Um, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that accessory pack. Uh, they've also announced Scourge, they've announced Robot Mode Cheetor and Beast Mode Primal, so they seem to have, uh, a lot of teeth on this version of the license, and going by Primal, like, I, <laughs> I've joked about this, it's hard to, with his Robot Mode specifically to really know what screen accuracy is, but it seems like they're basing these off of the actual CAD model assets, because uh, I checked some promo shots, and there's a lot of, like, the specific arrangement of circular gears on his hips are there on the CG model used for promo shots of Primal's robot mode. Um, so it seems like these might be an affordable way to get screen-accurate um, singular modes. I, I, I was going to say robot modes, but they're doing Gorilla Primal too, so singular modes, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised. I was not sure what to expect from this stuff. Um, especially down-costed, because when you say $30 model kit of a robot, I think, like, the not bad, but not as exciting to me, like, you know, a $30 Gunpla kit, where it's like, it's a really good model-build experience, and then it's kind of like a fun, but maybe a little bit of a fragile toy to play with afterwards. Like, this was different on both accounts. Um, anyway... Uh, not to belabor the point, but I just realized that I'm about to throw to Aaron, and Aaron, I think that you have something to share with TJ, so TJ, you're going to be... I think, TJ, you're hat-tricking this. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Aaron, you kick it off, though. You guys both got a thing that I almost bought, but I did not. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, for the Dungeons & Dragons movie, um, they made the, the D20s that turn into different Dungeons and Dragons creatures and uh, saw the uh, I've, I've gotten the one of their dragon ones and that was okay and I got a few others um, but uh, saw their mimic one and this is something that's an entirely different um, genre of creature than I'd gotten before and I 
he's a fun little thing that turns into a 20-sided die, and it's, I think, the first one of these that you can actually roll uh, and not have it... um, (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say unfair. Well, um, yeah, I was gonna say you you have to quantify how rolling works on some of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the others will have one or two faces that have um, like their embossing or whatever. They'll have a big the the D and D ampersand thing uh, will maybe be standing significantly proud versus the mimic. It looks like wooden panels and it all lays flat. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a pretty simplistic transformation. It just kind of turns itself inside out, but a lot of soft plastic for it, for like the, the roof of the mouth and the tongue. Um, everything on the outside is brown. Everything, once you flip it around, that's the, the exterior of the, the mimic uh, treasure box. Um, treasure chest is 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 wooden, but then like the tongue is a big, soft, fleshy thing, and it's pretty cool. Uh, if if your particular nerderies intersect between these two things, uh, I'd say this is probably about the best of them so far. Yeah, it so I've like gotten the all. The, I've gotten I've gotten them all so far because this is. So, this is too far up my alley not to. I'm a sucker for this. Mm-hmm. It's easily the best. Like it's it's I mean you say, like all the others kind of suffer for the for the dice. You know, dragons are all just going to have panels of d20s wings. They're annoying to mm-hmm. fold up because everything has to be mashed together the right way. Uh, the mimic is the mimic is like has a nice clean transformation to it. It you know it doesn't rely mm-hmm. on things being in that specific angle to work. Yeah, and yeah, because I think just, that's was it the dragon that was really bad about like you kind of had to force parts past each other in uh, the transformation. Um, was that there's one of them that I remember that it had a significant thing where you really had to like. Like angle it just right, and still there was like a push bit, push bit. Um, I'm, I'm trying to th- feel great. I'm trying to think of where that would happen in the dragon, because really it's tucking a lot of things up. Like the only real like point where that would happen is twisting it around. Because maybe it, that's what I'm it doesn't have. It doesn't have a waist joint, but it has a part in there where yeah. you have to 180 it during transformation. Yeah. I'm I'm just looking at the line again and my my problem with the dicelings really was that like like you know kind of like you guys said not only are a lot of them dragons but in being dragons it makes the transformation a little bit rote of like guess where a lot of the die the die pieces end up it's these giant die mm-hmm. dice well, looking well, wings that and it's the fact that they've done three dragons now four dragons yeah um, now we're up to 3 yeah, and so they're all like the head is different because in D and D each different type of dragon has a different shape head, but they're all dragons. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like it's anything drastically different. You know, they've done oh two or three di- two two different beholders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I'm being unfair. Like, I'm calling the displacer beast a dragon because it's a thing that doesn't have wings. I'm realizing those have teeth, but. The- 
Yeah. It looks a lot like a dragon at a, at a glance. <laughs> it's the sa- it's it's basically the same principle. It's unfolding shell mm-hmm. into big long things that stick out the back. Yeah, and and the beholder is cute and the beholder is logical, but also cuz I don't have like a deep-seated love for the beholder. Um I don't have that nostalgia. It's also mm-hmm. like very boring to me cuz I'm like I see how he works and that's how oh, he should no. work. But <laughs> The beholders, the beholders, the worst one. Yeah, and, and like I, I don't know how else they would do the beholder logically. You know, when when they they have this as the like basically the owl bear was the most interesting one to me because like I couldn't look at him and go like oh I see how that works, but like even then the owl bear would end up looking kind of funny. Where, where the mimic is succeeding for me is both modes just look good and also he doesn't seem compromised as a mimic because all a mimic has to do is bite. Uh, and if if they made all the so- like the pink parts like like it looks so visceral in all the photography, um, there's something about it. it just like, it, it works. And when you say like you know you know he sort of transforms by turning inside out. To me, that's the most interesting of these I've heard of so far. Because the owl bear is interesting, but at the end of the day, it still is a lot of dice or a lot of d20 looking shapes on the arms. Uh, the mimic somehow like escapes that, even though it's it's doing maybe what the beholder could have done, right? But uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's just leaning into it way harder. It just looks more playable, more fun. Like I I actually kind of want one because I've wanted one of these. I just I couldn't decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, if you're thinking about getting one of them, the the beho- the or the mimic uh, rather is the one to do it. Um, just because, like mm. I said, it's you know I think the only panels that don't flip around are the ones that are on the backside of them, because his his tongue rolls out the top, and so then that actually like gives the the inside of the top part of that is painted differently to be like the top of the treasure chest, and then the sides that flip around fluff out, and the part that pulls down opens up. So it does a very good job of like entirely changing the the look of it. You're not seeing a ton of the other stuff just hanging yeah. out. Well, and it looks like I could paint in the numbers on the dice on the the die mode pretty easily with a gold. Uh, mm-hmm. and oh I, yeah, yeah. If you wanted to then turn the rest of it into a die, that'd be very easy. You could probably you could probably make it pop pretty good with just like a a basic wash because all of the faces have texture to them. Oh, yeah. It's just not painted. So you could easily give it, like, a Nuln oil to make the wood look more woody and then, uh, like, a dry brush atop a- across the numbers and uh, go Oh, yeah, there. the numbers I could even just... I could freehand because they're so raised. Like, mm-hmm. get in there with some gold metallic. And, it, I mean, obviously, right, it's not a perfectly weighted D20, but if, like... I think it could be kind of fun as, like, if not, like, a life counter type thing. If we're all rolling this thing, then even if it is weighted funny, mm-hmm. there are a finite number of numbers that it can still reliably roll with some randomization, right? And so if we're all rolling the same thing just for high rolls, I think that could be kind of a funny thing to do. <laughs> like, just for a who goes first, right? Uh, so what, what, here's, my, here's my big question. This is the key one. What number is the D&D ampersand in place of? 20. The 20. Okay. Yeah, like, same as same as normal dice, they make. Okay. I think they could have made that look more like that. There has to be the logo. Yeah, okay. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes, once you have a, a, a logo that's your thing, you use your logo for the thing. They should have made their logo... They should have made their logo look like a 20 as well as an ampersand. <laughs> I guess I can see a 2 in there somewhere, and it's got round things. Okay. Well, this... This has been nice, because I, I was kind of bummed out that I ended up not going for any of the Dicelings. Now it seems like I have an excellent one to chase. So, uh, hell yeah. Um, well then, uh, TJ, I guess you can close up the, the Acquisition Inquisitions with uh, your last thing, which, here's my question for you from my brief glancing at this. Is it the one you ordered, or is it the other one? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I So... It's the weirdest thing. So I'm a, so I mine came in from from Hasbro Pulse, so it was like the correct price and the correct listing. <laughs> okay, but it makes the thing it makes the Amazon part of it so much weirder because everyone assumed they just switched the photos because all the other information was correct. Or, or everyone, or no, 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 to strike that that they we thought they switched the prices because mm-hmm. like everything else, everything else matched the opposite price. You know, so like you know, the deluxe yeah. and Voyager pack was the one that's like seventy bucks. Uh, no, no, they flipped everything. As yeah, it turns the out, the price is... is the only thing that was correct. Yeah, somehow the price was the axis of rotation. It blew my mind because I because hmm. also they are set. People can easily contest this, given because <laughs> if everything else was wrong, this is yeah. so contestable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you, you know, they're probably gonna. They're probably maybe three people will get to keep theirs, and then they're gonna probably catch on with the sheer number of people probably sending in emails about this. But uh, this is easily contestable, especially if you were not going for both, uh, because that means the entire listing was wrong. <laughs> if you got it off Amazon, uh, okay. So you went off Pulse, so you don't you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is this is the one that was supposed to come in today. Okay. Uh, by yeah, the yeah. way, so yeah, this is uh... yeah. <laughs> yeah you pro- probably get to like what we're describing. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's the Senator Shockwave and Data Clerk uh, Orion Pax two pack. Yes. So, yep. Yeah, so one of the prequel like pre war multi packs that we have. It's an oddball set. I mean, I, the Orion is basically it's it's based on, it's based on the Cybertronian Hound mold, yeah. which continues to make me laugh at how many versions of this mold can we release before we actually make Earth mode Hound? Never Detritus first. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. <laughs> uh, it does a decent enough job. He's kind of a mishmash of previous like IDW uh, Orion Paxes. So like yeah. like the like I, I I can't remember where it's from but like the like the arm the like the arms and legs are more akin to like the thrilling thirty toy design wise they came from the same place and then the chest is pulled from something else yeah the uh, the chest a- the chest is cop Orion packs which is what makes that makes the whole thing super weird <laughs> it makes the data clerk part weird yeah because he's a data clerk with a cop chest and a friggin axe. The <laughs> battle axe. I mean, man, you've heard I gotta cut my way through some paperwork, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I figured it was all digital on Cybertron. <laughs> yeah. 
It's pre-war. He still comes with a gun, too, which uh, he's a data clerk, so I'm assuming it's just a really fancy hole punch. Yeah, but he lives in a real bad neighborhood. Okay, so. okay that's Some, fair. Sometimes fair. people come into that library looking for trouble, thinking they can big dog on the poor data clerk. So he's, he's got to, you know, knuckle up. He's, he's, <laughs> Orion, Orion, can, Orion can only afford a place in K-On. <laughs> yeah, with what he's getting paid, he's lucky he can afford a place in K-On. Um, oh, okay, it's... It, you know, it's 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 Siege Hound again. Like it, the toy's fine. Like toy's fine. Like I'm yeah. surprised it's still solid after all this time. Um, yeah, it's just a funny little, another funny little iteration of Orion Pax after like all the other funny iterations we've gotten. Mm. Um, I don't know. I I, 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 I I think I'm just happy that like it seems like decently well like put together and painted. Like chest is mostly paint. It all works. Uh, there's some like gray accent to the face, which is a nice little touch that I'm surprised Hasbro did. Oh, like the the flatter looking lighter gray. Well, he's got like the the light gray face going on, but then like trimming like the edge of his face and on the chin, it's uh, like a slightly darker gray. Oh, yeah. So it frames his yeah, face yeah. a little bit. It's interesting. That's kind of like they they put a they put a decent amount of work into like you know I feel bad saying it, but like a, a they. <laughs> Orion Pax has somehow become kind of a boring concept for an exclusive pack now, because they kind of mm-hmm. like he among Optimus Prime, but not Optimus Prime. Yeah, they managed to like like at least he's not the Florodiri one who they, like they have actually managed to make me tired of somehow because there's two different versions of it that are both really good, right? Like the Power of the Primes Cab one, and then the you know this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or not this one, sorry, the um, the Alpha Trion 2-pack one. So, like, you know, th- and this is a fine, okay Coptimus, but, you know, it's it's hard to outdo the Thrilling 31. That one was so good. Um, yeah, that that one was really good. And this is right on the heels of getting, like, the cup with the Alpha Trion 2-pack. So, like, we've gotten, we've gotten a surprising amount of Orion packs. Yeah, it's, it's a shame because the other guy in this box set, like, really catches me. And I've actually kind of sat there going, like... I don't know that I don't know that I want to go through the trouble of getting another Ryan Pax. <laughs> uh but I might. <laughs> yeah, the other the other one, the Shockwave, is also like suitably odd. Because there's mm. so much of that there's so much of that uh Siege Seeker still in him that it's very hard to like see the Shockwave character through it. Yeah, the I feel like the vehicle mode is almost a bonus feature that I wouldn't have minded if it wasn't there, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because I'm more into the character of Senator Shockwave than anything else, and like, I, I, it's fine he transforms, but like, it's just a weird-looking alt mode. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. What's weird about it is, like, those are some, like, really beefy, like, engines. There's a lot of plastic in those. They don't do anything. They're literally just vehicle mode detail that just hangs off his back. And, like, there's no, like, flip-out cannon. There's no, like, point of transformation to them. They're just, like, these really big thrusters that serve no purpose in any other part of the toy. Oh, yeah, they, and they like they are... They look like, visually, they're my least favorite part of his robot mode from the photos I'd seen. <laughs> yeah. They're trying. Like, they're trying to turn that vehicle mode into, like vague flying ship that is, that certainly isn't like a former tetrajet it's it doesn't work though it just 
doesn't. <laughs> now I I looked at the I looked back at the comics, like there's reason to use this mold for Shockwave. You know, the robot is just kind of a generic boxy robot. They can do whatever they want with it. He does kind of have these like shoulder pylon things like Starscream's got. So like there's I see where they looked at that and said, you know, it, you know, if we're doing like pre-war characters, like okay, this works for Shockwave. We don't need to cast something new here. But it's just, I, I think it's also the fact that there's so many of those Tetrajet Seekers from Siege that it's, I'm, I'm, I'm overly familiar with its shapes at this point. So it's, it's really hard for me to see it as just as something other than like, like Seeker who got a facelift, I guess. Well, I could see those. I could see those big booster things also being like an attempt to visually, um, not only visually change, you know, him from being just a tetrajet, but also this is how we can maybe cover and smooth out the way the legs fold up, so it also doesn't look as tetrajetty. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. At which point, it's kind of like I almost either you don't do those things and live with the tetrajettiness, or you do them even bigger and let them fold away a bit, because I think that they. They ended up in a midpoint that doesn't accomplish either goal. It looks like. Kind of. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at it harder, checking some more of the in-hand photos, and like, yeah, it, unfortunate because I, I think, it, it, yeah, like you said, the choice of mold is not wrong. Like it works, in, especially in the robot mode for what they're trying to do. Uh, and you know, there's also been like debates over the color scheme, and it's like, well, you can't have him just be three different color schemes or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you gotta you gotta pick one. But um, is the, like in hand? Does he feel all right? Because I remember the Tetrajet mold had periods of feeling kind of jank, and then it got better. And then I don't know how Red Wing turned out, but <laughs> uh, he feels fine. Okay, like like there's nothing there's nothing loose or weird about him. The only thing that might be the forearms, because he he's mm. he's got that like hollow. He's got that hollow forearm open up extend bicep flip out hand thing going on so there's like there's a lot there's a lot going on in that in that arm. Yeah. So all that all that I I think of everything on that uh the the old tetrajet. I think all of that always felt weird to me. But everything else is everything else is okay. Well, that's good. Like the the worst thing would be if he also like started to feel janky or something off of whatever work they had to do on him. Because I, I would like to still pick up this two-pack, or at least, you know, I think I'd need to pick up the two-pack and not just try to chase down Shockwave, but uh, I would like to get a hold of him at some point. Because I, I love that they went for it. Like, that's that's the kind of thing that you wouldn't think you'd see a toy of ever, right? Yeah, like, I, I, it's interesting to me that as we cry for Hasbro to make new characters and not stick to G1, they're... Still sticking to G1, but they're going in, like, these wild directions from time to time that I'm kind of into. Oh, yeah, like, like, I think it's, because, like, you know, it's a it's a nuanced conversation you can have, but I think, like, when you look at a DevCon and a Senator Shockwave, it's like, these are, these are G1-ish, but they are not the same wheelhouse as the, like, you know, the, the evergreen nostalgia forest, right? Like, Senator Shockwave yeah. especially, but, you know, and obviously he's an exclusive, so he's sort of out of the mainstream, but, like, DevCon is not someone you look at and go, like, oh, yeah, DevCon, right? Like, <laughs> you gotta have a certain, you know, level of being waist-deep in the stuff to even react to the word DevCon. Uh, 
you know, doubly so with him being a blue guy who resembles Blur, right? So, <laughs> who's mm-hmm. Senator Shockwave? Like, you know, there's no way you could t- you could really convince me, like, oh, Senator Shockwave, that's some more of that G1 pandering. It's like, no, but it isn't though. It's it, it's it's, it's <laughs> really not. It's not. Though, yeah. no, str- fun enough, like they make some pretty good companion pieces. Just blue, vague spaceship boys with red highlights. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say the the red the the red boosters even kind of like throw back to those uh, the two pods on DevCon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, makes me want to start. And legacy once again immediately my brain's going like, oh yeah, let's invent stories since there aren't any. Uh, <laughs> those two are actually buddies. Uh, but no, I, I yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, are are you doing Ratbat as well? Is is there a whole thing with one of those being out and the other one not? Because I, I was caught off guard by these even shipping uh, to so anybody. <laughs> the, yeah, so like that weird flip thing. Like I, I want to say someone got the Ratbat set first somehow. Um, I do have mine on order. Like it's it's gonna be on the way soon, uh, but. Yeah, um, I, I think for the most part, it's just Shockwave and Orion packs for now. Like I, that's just the one that made it out first. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I pre-ordered either of them on Amazon Canada. Now I need to. Like, this is the thing that is so frustrating sometimes. Is like when I when I get worried, did I just pre-order something because it said it was coming out so many months later, <laughs> right? And now they're like, oh, by the way, it's out. And I'm like, cool. I have a convention in two weeks. I should go and see if you're about to charge me for this or not. Because uh, that's what happened with that, that original Jurassic Park 2-pack. Um, so I'm gonna, i got to check that after we're done. But uh, I believe that is all of our Transformers acquisition inquisitions. So uh, I was going to say we can close this out with a pair of listener questions. Because that also makes our queue um, a lot lighter than it was before. Uh, this first listener question comes from VictoryBot93, who says, Hello, our favorite podcasters of the interwebs. Hope everyone listening and reading is doing well. One night I was looking over the figures in my collection and had a wash of feelings I haven't felt in some time. Feelings of regret. All joking aside, I did catch myself eyeballing certain toys on my shelf over others, specifically ones I had paid far more than I had wanted to in order to obtain. It's something that I find uh, we as collectors don't really share stories about, despite the fact that we've all definitely done so before. I'm gonna say Victory Bot ninety three, not not in the crowds I run in. I I run in regretful crowds. <laughs> I we I run with people who are ready to to yell regret before the toy even got to them. So it's definitely a uh, depends on your circles thing. Uh, so question continues. Time to put everybody on the spot. What's a toy you know you have absolutely overpaid for? To soften the blow, I'll go first. The cheapest sealed Studio Series off-road Bumblebee I could find last year was about $45, while Studio Series 86 Grimlock was sitting at the not-so-cheap $110 at the time. But I committed to both purchases because I couldn't afford them on release, and my desire to own them overcame any other sense of responsibility and logic. I'm a madman with three exclamation marks. Thank you all for taking time out of your days and nights to provide us with the great entertainment you always do. Stay safe and have a good one. I have answers to this. Immediate answers. But... Aaron, let's pop over to you. Um, can you think of a time you over, you, you know you overpaid for something to the point where you would say, "Damn it, damn it, did I overpay for this?" I'm trying to sit here and think if there are things that I've overpaid on. 
and nothing's coming straight to mind. I worked on my display some this weekend, and the one thing that I hit two or three versions of was stuff of like, why did I buy this at retail? <laughs> like the the Cyberverse playset things, the like Optimus Prime armor thing and oh, the yeah. Ark ship thing not cyberverse the like, series i remember those cyberverse no not the, cyberverse the series the price the cyberverse point the family <laughs> yeah well no no it was the things that was the the because they were like the, all the cyberverse um um legends and commanders and then yeah it was, yeah that were all like that size but then it was like the arc playset thing that opened up and it had space for like seven different dudes and the Optimus Prime that stands, at, you know, about chest high on a Titan, but he's nothing but like flat injection molded pieces. And that was Optimus. That was Optimus Maximus. That was that was. Uh, I think that yeah. was probably oh, spurred that. on by us finding him so funny during the podcast. That probably caused that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. But but going through that and going like, man, why the heck? <laughs> Do I have this? Because he's a giant optimist. What he's is the film of Vehicons? Uh, so things like that. So paying retail at that, maybe I paid too much money. Mm. Because I'm pretty sure that I could, if I was aggressive about it, I could probably get them all at yard sales or, or the scrounge through bins at a convention. Um, I'm, I'm that's gonna the actually, thing I'm, that jumps to mind first. I'm going to say, I think there's a good chance you didn't pay retail for it, because I think we were collectively trying to deal hunt the big, silly Cyberverse things at the time. The Ark you probably did, because the Ark was a standout piece when it came out. That was from Dark of the Moon Cyberverse. Uh, and that was in- exciting, because it was the first Transformers playset, I think, that we had in a while. Uh, and it came with uh, Maybe, a dedicated yeah. figure. Like there, there was excitement in there when I got him, for sure, yeah. but... It was still just like a, but no, no, the frustration that that the, these take up so much space in boxes. The, the prime cyberverse stuff, I know for a fact that we were bragging about deal hunting that we did on those. So I think there's a chance you didn't pay retail for it. But someone wants to go back to our early 2010s era podcast and listen through literally every single one to <laughs> pinpoint when Aaron got that toy. Uh, we will not reward you because, but you can do it for us. Yeah. If you want. I'll, I'll pay you half of what I got for recording this episode. If you find that, um, unrevealed, unrevealed amount. Uh, all right. I mean, that still fits the theme of the question. That's still, re- that's still the feeling of regret. Um, well, TJ, how about you? What's an overpay that you can remember? Um, I don't really have a regret over it, but I did just recently pay through the teeth to get something I know is going to be easy to find at some point. Um, so I got really impatient, and I should have mentioned this in the what we got, but we had such a nice little block there, I just kind of wanted to keep it to that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I did get the Core Series Air Razor in, which was a Japanese import, so that was about 50 bucks <laughs> to get a hold of her for something that will probably find its way to shelves eventually for 20. Well, here's what I'm going to say, right? With the with the core mainline Rise of the Beast toys, anything that's not out right now, it's an absolute coin toss. It will either flood shelves at, at liquidation stores in eight months, or it will flood shelves at one liquidation store in one state for a weekend. And... <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's no way to yeah. know. There's no way to know. So, like, you, in that case, what I would say is you probably just paid a convenience fee of not having to think about essentially, this. essentially. I know, uh, like, I've I know I've overpaid because I I know I did a lot of that last year out on vacation because that's vacation spending. Just it's like ooh grab, ooh grab, what what. What what car payment? No no no. Ooh grab. Never heard car of car payment payments. later. Ooh, ooh ooh grab now. Yeah, what's the car? See, that's why I just bought my car outright. That way, <laughs> uh, I don't have a car payment. That, that I just I just bought a whole just... car instead. Yeah, I, pro- I proved them wrong. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to double check something. Oh man, this is gonna take me a while, but. Um, I have several that I can cite very easily. Uh, don't know what that says about me, but I have several I can cite very easily. I'm going to go to, uh, try to dig up the oldest of them. But, um, uh, right off the bat, Core Series Voyager Optimus Primal from Rise of the Beasts. I bought him at retail when I found him. That retail price was, was 50 Canadian dollars. Because when that first wave of Voyager showed up at Walmarts in Canada, for some reason, they were priced at $50. Don't know why. Never will know why. Because <laughs> when they came out again later, they were priced to be, instead of being $5 more than mainline Voyagers, they became $5 less than mainline Voyagers. Uh, so I overpaid probably 10 or 15 bucks on that Optimus Primal. Um... That happens, you know. Um, oh, what's his name? I'm a, surely this is buried in here somewhere. I don't know how I found all my old eBay purchases before, so I, I can't check the numbers now. But uh, the other two are eBay. Uh, one of them was before I had a YouTube channel. I was so hype in 2007 when the first wave of, uh, of movie toys had come out. Uh, and then there was a window where 2007 Deluxe sw- uh, Swindle from the movie, the mono-eye orange car swindle. There was a brief period where that toy was rare, and I overpaid at least $20 to get a hold of him off of eBay because I was driven sick mad that that was the only one of the the 07 toys I was missing at the time, Um, which was unnecessary because, as many people from the era know, it became very easy to find swindle uh, after a certain point. Um... The other one is my animated Shockwave, who I bought off of eBay and made a YouTube video about. And for many years, I thought I paid triple digits for him. Some years ago, when the the kind of in the in the cusp of our current discourse about stolen toys for reviews, um, I went to check some of my. I don't know how I checked it now, but I know I went to check some of my old eBay uh, purchases. I found a way to find like my oldest oldest purchase history. Um, in fact, I think I remembered how. I'm going to do that while we're talking, just so I can cut in later. But um, I discovered, I think I paid not triple digits, I think I paid $85 for him. Um, which, in hindsight, was not all that bad. Because that, that Shockwave, I, I also never saw on a retail shelf in Canada until a year after I got my stolen Chinese one off of eBay. Um so those those are my my easy like I can always remember those three right now. The primal one obviously is a fresh wound, but those are a couple times that I definitely overpaid for things. Um, and yeah, I, I don't I think that the shockwave is also the most I ever overpaid for something. 
Um, especially while I was, you know, that, that two years or something of just constantly being able to grab stuff off eBay. Because uh, it was always just floating around. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm going to start digging a little bit. But um, I have to go... Oh, I also have to pass this to the next question. So I'm going to do that. Our next question uh, comes from XL Hedge. I think this is a twofer. So, hey, fellas. Is there any Transformers you have bought solely for one mode? Like, solely one mode has driven you to buy it. Uh and then, as an example, is specifying you only bought it for the robot mode or alt mode. Um, so uh, I guess we'll, we'll start off with uh, you, Aaron. Is there a, a transformer you bought for just one mode? So, like the robot enhanced design stuff is out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, can, can we go to action? <laughs> or what was, I, I what bought was some the... action masters once. Upon yeah. I think that that's not in the. Aaron, that is not in the spirit of the question. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> it's only it's an in joke. It's an in joke. Um, um, and then what was it? Uh, Unleashed. Remember Unleashed. What line. was the? Oh God! We're, yeah. Weren't even we're, weren't even action figures. They were overly They're, expensive plastic statues. Can you hear me typing in um, the? Cause I, oh yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was visceral. Jesus Christ, my ears. Uh, hey, listeners, that was way worse on my end. I tried. I, these, I had, my, I, these had erased themselves from my memory. I didn't even remember. Oh, man, I'm having a rush of sense memory now. This is why. Okay, Aaron, you continue. <laughs> okay. Um, I know I, I know I have. Um, I, a lot of the times, things like the Titans... You know, especially, you know, Metroplex and Fort, like, yeah, okay, they're cities, but, like, you want them because they're the big honking robots. Um, Blackout is mostly because he's a 53. Um, yeah, so, yeah. All right. Yes. Um, I figured out how I was able to look up my old eBay thing, so I'm going to go look for... Oh, what? Okay, so you know how I said I thought I paid, like, 20 bucks over for Deluxe Swindle? According to uh-huh. this, I paid 15 U.S. dollars for him, but at the time, that was a lot for a deluxe, I think, in 2007. Yeah, deluxe, deluxe in 2007, we still like twelve ninety nine. How did I remember this as being a giant overpay? I paid 50 maybe the shipping was extra? I can't see the shipping. Okay, that's so weird. This happens every time. Maybe. Wow, I even bought some of the movie repaints off eBay. I bought Leader Brawl off eBay? <laughs> Is it just you like got started with the stuff coming out earlier, and you're just like, this is the only way to buy toys now? Well, there there was a period where distribution back on Vangelis Island was terrible. Uh, like it was, I remember I always said in the in the aughts, it was it was easier for me to go to an import store on the mainland and buy vinyl tech than it was to try to find alternators. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna. Keep scrolling through here. Uh, TJ, how about you? What's what's a toy you bought for just one mode? I'm trying to think of, like, a really good example mm. here. Um, because there's some things in my head that go in both directions. So, things like, uh, Deluxe Cyberverse Shockwave. Yeah. I certainly did not buy it for his vehicle mode. <laughs> you know... You know, and then there's things like, uh, like Gigawatt. You know, like, you know, well, well, let's not, let's see, um, not, let's say, no, um, I'm, I'm looking at both, so my brain blipped, uh, Ectotron, right. 
We're like, okay, the robot mode's neat, but that's not why I bought him. Bought him because he's a transforming Ecto-1. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's still in the spirit of the question, yeah, to see, a degree. Because it's like, you, if the other mode turned yeah. out bad, it's not like, oh, this ruins the experience, right? Like, you you know, Cyber Shockwave, easy example. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I don't like the alt mode. Damn it. Right? <laughs> right, right. I'm trying to think, because I know there's some where I thought in my head, it's like, I would absolutely keep this in vehicle mode because I like that so much better. But now that I'm trying to remember it, that that's not happening. I just it's not it's not coming to my head who that was. Yeah. Oddly, like I actually can't think of an answer to this question. I'm sure one exists, but like I'm so, um, especially in the last like you know decade, I my needs are that I enjoy transforming the toy, if it is a toy with two modes. So. Usually, I don't buy one for just one mode because, like that, that is in um, opposition to like my personal subjective tastes, which I developed over the 2010s. So maybe at some point before then, but I truly can't recall. Um, yeah, I truly can't recall if, if it's ever like been a specific thing that that ever that I did. Um, Maybe in the aughts, in the early mid aughts, there was maybe like a, I don't know, no, there was, I didn't care about cars. There was no vinyl tech that like really caught me. Maybe masterpiece, one of the very original ones, but no, I, w- I still wanted to transform them. Yeah, I can't. I honestly can't think of an answer to this one. Um, I, w- I would need if anyone remembers me saying I did it. I think that would really help me. I'm putting that out to the listeners. <laughs> anyone who hears this, but like, yeah, it's it's so in concert to, to my tastes. I really can't think of a time anymore. It's something I know I used to have done that I would then feel kind of bummed out about, but I, I can't recall. Um, the other side of this question from Excel Hedge is: What are your opinions on the not sure what the fan term is knockoffs of things like Feral Rex or Beast Gorira, like basically knockoffs of third-party original physical designs? Uh, having recently gotten the latter, I'm kind of torn. On one hand, I got a quality figure I wanted for cheaper. On the other, the original team that designed and produced the perfect effect version of Beast Gorira won't see any money from what is essentially a stolen design. Um, so yeah, is it bad? I'm hoping, looking forward to knockoffs of Mega Doregan and the Combiner Wars size Feral Rex Teng Ying Beast Cool team. Um, it's not bad. You're looking forward to anything. I would say a downsized Feral Rex. I would not go into that assuming things are going to go well. I think it would more be for the novelty of it. Um, if this group is proven that they can do a good translation job on large perfect effect designs, I guess if they do Mega Doregon, then like, there you go. Um, Perfect Effect is, like, always in a weird place where I'm not sure what they're doing, really. Um, but the moral side of this, I think, is, like, it really depends on what you consider to be original. Like, to me, it, it kind of bums me out only because, like, I considered those third-party pieces to be so aesthetically standout and to be fully original-designed physical engineering designs um, that I'm always kind of like, ooh, that sucks. They must have, you know, they must have pissed someone off, <laughs> right? Um... But there are going to be people who are like, well, those are inherently knockoffs anyway, because they're knocking off the intellectual property. So, like, it, it can go either way, really. In fact, it's a conversation I find more frustrating than fruitful most of the time, but um, that, that's that been a while since I've had that conversation with random folks, you know, on the internet. But, uh, I don't know, Aaron, what's, what's your take on this kind of thing? Like, do you have a take on this? 
Um, I mean, I I feel that people that create things should get the the profit of their works. Uh, my biggest kind of quandary on it, though, would be like a lot of those. Like, are they still making the Feral Rex full size big guy, or is this something that like that market's pretty much dried up, and so? then like smaller size knockoffs don't hurt them. I, as I make error finger quotes, hurt them as yeah. much, but then I think at the Fer- same Feral time, Rex is well like, out of print. I should say, like, I, I don't think he's been produced the, in years. The other thing is, is not knowing the interconnected ways that a bunch of the third party toys are, do we know that that's actually not a knockoff and just they sold the like, hey, here's the CAD files or whatever. Yeah. Go ahead and make your three quarter sized one and we still get a cut like that. That to me would be the big question that would be a real like financially. How do I feel about it? Answer, because I mean, so much so much of that stuff, you know, time and time again, we hear that it's. You know the the different ways that it's like, oh, these guys are actually related to this other one. You know, Studio A and Studio B are ninety percent the same people, and it's just a different like yeah. CAD guy in Studio B or or whatever the weird different way that all those things connect are that like makes it hard for me to have have feelings on it beyond saying that like it'd be cool if we knew also when they're resized it's like this at that point like like i said it's a novelty then like if it's like mini feral Mm -hmm. rex then like well then it's kind of like a you know it's it's a goofy thing like it is still it's 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 impugning on someone's work ostensibly but also it's doing it in like a gimmicky way right um, mm-hmm. Beast Gorira, I think, like be- perfect effect stuff. As far as I know, they don't often do like second runs anymore of any of their stuff. And there's and then uh, as you said, like there are third parties that have just sold their molds. They third parties that have dissolved and their molds just went into the ether of whoever had them at the time. There yeah, have been factory had a hold of them when they quit paying bills. There, there have been vengeful knockoffs as well, like Warbatron. All their stuff got knocked off. To the point of like they absolutely had to have pissed someone off the way their stuff was getting knocked off. Um, so I would just you know, it it it's, it is, there is a degree of like how much morality do you want to put into your collecting, um, and how far do you want that to go? Um, which you know, it it gets a little bit a little kind of like um, what would I call it rancid whataboutism on my part, but it's kind of like d- d- establish your personal values. Um, and establish what you think they are in relation to product and kind of like be flexible and go from there would be my advice if I were giving advice. But TJ, what about you? Like what, what's your take on, on what is it? Sometimes I've seen it referred to as fifth party because it's knockoffs of third party and knockoffs of masterpiece are called fourth party mm-hmm. because everything sucks. Uh, no, everything doesn't suck. I'm just salty about that. <laughs> uh, but what's your take on that stuff? Yeah, I, th- I think we're. I think I think we're just kind of like making up party systems at this point. There's it's other not words. How any of this it's works. all made up. There's other words we could be using. <laughs> I know, but don't tell them that. We could have. We could have been calling it neo classics this whole time if everyone gave up on the stupid acronym. Anyway, 
Um, I mean, in general, no matter where the original source came from, it's like it sucks anytime someone's work is stolen and and re and reco- and copied, you know, for you know for someone else's benefit. Like you can make a moral argument against third party stuff because they're taking like Hasbro intellectual property. But there is still unique element to that. There is still things that someone had to engineer. There's some there there are parts that people actually had to sculpt. So to just to take it, knock it off, like like even like a you know, you know, like even you know, I was I was thinking like like Weijang knockoffs, which, you know, go to extra lengths to upgrade, mm-hmm. you know, like ha- like a Hasbro. Oh, figure. the fourth party, yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. There we they're go. Better than they're they're made better than the original third party, so they're like two point seven party. Oh, that's what it should be. But no, the Weijang knockoffs of MPMs and whatnot, that was distinctly referred to as fourth party. Distinctly, can you tell it touches me? It does. <laughs> <laughs> But no, like, like I have, like I have my little moral things against like third party and knockoffs in general because you know there's intellectual property, it's original creation being knocked off. Um, but yeah, just in general, I, I think any any time something is stolen from someone else, that that sucks. You know, like that. Anything beyond that is your own yeah, moral like, dilemma. To me, there are like more clear cut cases than other things. Like if someone has something on Shapeways, someone buys it and makes a garbage mold off of it and starts shooting injection plastic into it and selling it, I think that kind of sucks because that's also a, a case of scale, right? That is taking from a literal singular artist to put something on Shapeways to make like five cents, right? Like every time that they sell a copy. Um, in that case, it's like you are you are literally stealing from the poor. like. <laughs> Uh, and, and to me, that's like scales apart from, you know, IP infringement, which to me is scales apart from physically duping a toy that exists uh, and then just reselling copies of it in physical dupes. You know, like it's all to me very granular and very case by case. Um, and, you know, end of, end of the day, um, <laughs> I think it is still a conversation that a lot of the online um, fields are very ill-equipped to handle without growing comical, uh, which is unfortunate. And it also, I should say this, I want to, I want to put this out there. I think this is all also 100% a separate conversation from the, um, how do you put this? The duplication and free piracy of digital media. That is a completely different thing. Um, in, in a, in a great many ways that are hard to describe, but the easiest one is these are physical objects and digital media is not, uh, because I've seen that conversation floating around too, and uh, and especially in light of um, you know various folks who f- figured out weird things with tax laws, right? Like the, that is a case where like you 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 have created a scenario where piracy is almost a moral imperative uh, for the archivist to do right now, um, as far as like media archivism uh, and and whatnot, uh, and bouncing off of that. I figured out the trick to look at my old eBay purchases, and I wanted to... I found the era, Aaron, where you got Red Bulkhead. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, because there were a couple sellers, but do you remember the seller, Menasaur 1979? Does that ring any bells? Vaguely. 
That was one of the key sellers on eBay for uh, for loose animated toys. And I found some of my old prices here, and it's still really funny to me. Uh, I got like these are animated toys I got months ahead of release. How much y'all think I paid for for Blitzwing, the Voyager Blitzwing, the famous three hundred fifty dollar Blitzwing of another YouTuber fame? I paid. I mean, I I remember seeing. So was that a production style one? So because I know that my my bulkhead was more expensive because it was a prototype. But I remember at yeah. the time a lot of those animated toys were dang near retail. Oh yeah, like the, it was within almost was within ten percent of retail. Almost exclusively, the the red bulkhead was the aberration, basically. Like yeah. they were almost yeah. exclusively like ready for retail. Obviously, just factory yeah, I, samples. I, I I got one. What was that? It was the um, was that universe line the beast the wolf whatever. It was like an ice wolf thing that had no paint apps on it. But it was the production paint colors. Oh, I don't the remember that. Um, plastic colors. Yeah, that's another Dang. one of the things that sits on like my my tiny little oddity shelf. Um, that did I need to actually rebuild that shelf now too? Um, but and Stick that was only that. like that was only like ten percent over retail, fifteen percent over retail. Well, this um, this was this is when the the YouTube train was starting. Famously, someone mm-hmm. bought a Blitzwing for three hundred and fifty dollars. I bought one within months of that for fifty six US dollars. Uh, mm-hmm. I bought an early leader bulkhead for seventy dollars, and then I got an early leader Ultra Magnus shortly afterwards for sixty dollars. Uh, but then I, I spotted the big one. So yeah, it was um, this is a one. This is this is a multi part thing here. First. I sold a World of Warcraft TCG unscratched loot card for the Saltwater Snapjaw for $147.50. I proceeded to get the, at that point, almost unknown Universe 2 Voyager Inferno for $10. I remember someone almost hit me for that one. Um, And then right afterwards, I got Animated Shockwave for $85. And then right after that, I sold a costume card code for City of Heroes from PAX 2008 for $71. So I net profited selling two cards while getting two unreleased Transformers at the time for less than what I made off of selling two costume cards for MMOs. Uh, Frostbite. Universe 2003 Frostbite. That's who it was. I, I had to go looking. And he's, oh, he's yeah. he has some paint, but not all all the paint. He doesn't ha- I, I think he doesn't have like the purple... Yeah. The like metallic purple on them. Sorry, I I was I was getting very upset that I couldn't remember. What it was. <laughs> yeah, look, you got to take some some twenty twenty three photos of that. Uh, yeah, well, got... that's part of part of what our work this weekend was was to set up Alfie so that she could take photos of all of her jazz stuff. And so once I can find, oh it, hell yeah, I'll see about uh, see if she can drop some photos of that too i can uh, i can throw a few more uh, great ebay names out here for those from the era i've also got tfc toy before they were the known tfc toys mm-hmm. i've got you geland who uh is the one that i got those scouts from uh revenge of the fallen off of for 15 british pounds a piece uh 
I even went, I even went farther back. Like there was, there was, oh, what is it? When I, uh, CWK 2002, when I kept buying Aaron, that's when you and I were getting into the mini plot stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we both bought from CWK 2K2, uh, whenever I wasn't able to get things that I could like dupe, like sell you the dupes of from the boxes. Yeah. Um, it's really like funny looking at old eBay purchases and all these all these old eBay names I remember because like this whole side of this is like gone now. Like I know some stolen toys show up on eBay right now, but like it's nowhere near the same. Um, it's not like just weird stuff popping up so readily. Uh, but it's fun to look back on because you know we've had multiple years now of this weirder conversation that is revolving around like what two YouTube channels basically. Uh, and I was talking to someone about this the other night about how, like, it sounds like they're paying more than we did back in the day. And, like, the returns are less than they were back in the day. So I don't really know. Like, I, I have to assume at least one of them is doing it because they also just enjoy getting things early. But otherwise, like, it's a, it's such a nothing thing now. Uh, anyway, memory lane aside, uh, that does bring us to the end of our topic list. So... Uh, I failed at making this one a shorty like I had intended, but we had a good time, I hope, I think. Uh, Aaron, thanks for joining me on this Sunday night. Yeah, you're very welcome. And uh, TJ, thanks for joining me on this still Sunday... Actually, no, it is now Monday no, morning. Monday morning. Uh-oh. Yeah, Uh-oh. I, I only have to be at work in like seven and a half hours, so... They don't give you the Monday off?! Sorry, that set me off. I had the yeah. option to take it off. Okay. And I get okay. the fourth off, but I like am going to be the only responsible person on. So <laughs> I'm going to be somebody has to be on in order to at least do time cards to make sure that people get paid. And okay, I mean, if it was an option, and, that's fine. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to you know, say I get, like it, I get I get the fourth of July off paid. Um, okay, but really, shouldn't it be like? The fourth and the fifth, because you're staying up late to watch fireworks or whatever. But, um, yeah. Should just should hey, always between be this buffered. and TFCon and everything else going on, I've, I, you know, I won't work a full week of work until, well, for like three more weeks. It's nice. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! All right. Well, um, I guess have a good rest because you're about to go to sleep. I assume. Uh, but, yep. <laughs> dearest listener, if you're listening to us and about to go to sleep, then have very sweet dreams. They matter. They're a warning. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, next time here on WTF at TFW. But you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.